This is Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ball Game on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. What's going on and welcome to what we hope is your favorite sports talk radio program, Prater and the Ball Game, live here today from one of the most beautiful places in Boise. You smell it right when you walk in. Pastry perfection. Yes, happy Valentine's Day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Idaho Sports Talk. It is Diamond Dig Monday, one of the great traditions we have uh, with Cumulus Media, with Idaho Sports Talk and Sports Radio, the ticket. Uh, it's going to be a fun one on location. We love it. I'm Johnny Ballgame. We got JP sitting cozy in the ropaint.com studio. He doesn't get to be to these at, at these cool events, but my partner sure does. It would take the National Guard to stop Mike Prater from showing up to pastry perfection on Valentine's Day. Mike Prater, Forrest, whatever I'm going to call you a million <laughs> times today. Welcome. Let's get this done today. How are you, friend? Oh, I'm so fired up. I'm excited about this Super Bowl, post-Super Bowl weekend, post-Valentine's uh, Day. Actually, we're in the middle of Valentine's Day. Let me correct you on two things. You said it would take the National Guard to keep me from coming here. Okay. I've done about, uh, this is our 12th annual Diamond Dig. I did the first 10, but I missed the last two because of a stupid virus. Yep. So it was the virus that kept me away. The only thing that can keep me, you'd have to fight me, the National Guard, to keep me away from all this stuff. And I will correct you on one other thing. You said you can smell it when you walk in. Yeah. No, you smell it when you drive around the corner, my friend. Yeah, okay. It, it's, you can it taste walks it. outside. You can taste it's, it when you walk you, in. It's one of those stores where you can smell it from the parking lot, my friend. It's a beautiful place. This is the perfect place to be. I'm fired up. A little bit of love. And a little bit of football. Those are your two favorite things, right? Love and football? <laughs> Dang, pretty much, man. Yeah, absolutely, Prater. And you know what? From now on, I won't say the National Guard. I'll just say like a global pandemic. <laughs> That's you know, the only thing. That can stop Prater from pastry perfection. So a couple of things. We, of course, we want you to come down and say hello to us here today. I was talking with the good folks here at Pastry Perfection, Prater. They said this is a top 10 busiest day of the year for them in this line of work they check every bakery box and um this is a big day they're they've been busy all day they'll continue to be busy but they're properly staffed and holy smokes man there's everything you would want to celebrate valentine's day and beyond right here at pastry perfection ball game every worker you see behind the counter they showed up to work before we even went to bed last night you went to bed at 2 a.m because you were buzzing from a super bowl these people showed up at 2 a.m to take care of us today so we're pretty fired up about that and uh giving away a diamond are you kidding me yeah who well, else gives away a diamond nobody diamond girls we love you we thank you we're going to give away a diamond ring to one of our three qual over qualifiers shout out brett april and dan uh, that's going to happen today in our number three it is valentine's day but it's also the national hangover day this is the biggest hangover day of the year why well it's the monday following super bowl sunday so a lot of you guys kind of crawled into work today and now you got plans tonight you got to take that special someone out tonight you're really doubling up and uh you're gonna need that little sugar boost kickstart for the big night tonight and you can get it Obviously, a pastry perfection, Mike Prater. It's, it's a tough double header for guys. This is a tough one. You it got, is. You got to put on your game face for the game, and you got to put your game face on again today. We're not very good at it, ball game, but uh, it's a tough forty-eight hour stretch for men, and we're here to help you. Yeah, we are. So come on down, say hey, hit us up on the. 
Cloverdale Plumbing text line. That's 208-424-9300. We'll take your texts throughout the whole game. We want to know. We want to know what your plans are today. Who has the best Valentine's Day plan? You can text that plan to us. Maybe you're surprising her with something here or there. Just what are you planning today? We can take some calls in hour number three for that is uh, for that also, Prater. But first off, yeah, we're going to talk a lot of Super Bowl 56, kind of what everybody is talking about it with our spin. We're going to get Bob Beeler in this show, hour number one, for some Boise State basketball stuff. Obviously a crazy game yesterday at Extra Mile with the Broncos losing to the Rams of Colorado State Prater. Uh, we'll do some rock jocks. We'll again, dig for a diamond. A lot of stuff going on today, man. Super Bowl. We're going to break down the Super Bowl. We're going to talk Super Bowl every hour today. Here at 315, we're going to dive into a little bit of Cooper Cup, the magic man himself at 4 o'clock. We're going to dive into a little bit of the side stuff, the L.A. vibe, how that how this city hosted this stadium, the fact that three straight Western cities are going to host three straight Super Bowls, maybe touch on the music a little bit. 5 o'clock, Johnny Ballgame is going to make us all really smart about diving into what's next. Are the, are the Bengals built to be sustainable? Are the Rams built to be sustainable to go off and chase more Super Bowl championships? We're going to dive into all that stuff, and uh, we got a few other surprises as well ball game all right well let's start um first off i want to say we've been talking a lot about the local flavor for super bowl 56 prater you've been tracking this ex-boise state players maybe ex-high school players in the valley who are a part of super bowl sunday who were a part of the los angeles rams and who now prater oh that's got to be a great conversation when someone from the organization says hey i need you to text me your ring size because <laughs> you know in about eight months we're gonna put a big fat piece of jewelry there who are the lucky winners this year on a local level dudes maybe our listeners will know here in boise well everybody knows dante dion and the good news is dante dion himself is a super bowl champion dante dion yep. as you just said is gonna get himself a ring that's a beautiful thing yep the bad news is Dante Dion was the only player outside of the two backup quarterbacks on both teams that did not even see the field yesterday, and, and that was a little bit depressing for me. I don't understand why Dante Dion did not get in. And the Boise State Super Bowl drought continues. Boise State hasn't had a player play in the Super Bowl wow. since Jay Ajayi since 2018. So a little bit of a buzzkill. I'm not sure. I mean, Dante Dion, you know, he started off the playoffs, uh, that wild card game against Arizona. He had 31 defensive snaps did not play against Tampa Bay in the divisional game. Had two special team snaps in the conference championship game against San Francisco. And like I said yesterday, the only position player outside of the two backup quarterbacks that just, on both teams that never even stepped foot on the field. He's got to have a little bittersweet feelings today. I know he's loving it. I know he's soaking it in. Yeah. He's a World Series. I mean, a World Series. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's going to get himself a ring. I would have had a feeling that he would have liked to have stepped on the field. I don't understand why Sean McVay in that situation can't throw him out there for a couple of special teams plays. Let the kid play. Yeah. Let him know that he's played in a Super Bowl. Yeah. But now he's kind of kind of always have to explain it. But bottom line is he's going to have a ring that we'll never, ever have a feeling about. I mean, it, yeah, he, he was active. He got to put the pads on. He was wearing his uniform. He had his helmet. He just had a DNP, what do they call that, CD, did not play coach's decision. Yep. That's kind of a basketball term, but yep. Yep. in a football sense, Dante had that. But you're talking one of the most likable, free-spirited, energetic dudes that's came through Boise State to go to the NFL. And Dante Dion, if there's anybody that could shake that off a little bit, it's Double D, man. And I mean, he's just a great dude. I don't think he's going to – maybe when he's alone – 
laying up in the ceiling with his head on the pillow. He'll think, dang it, it's a little bittersweet. I love the ring and all, but I wish I could have got to play. But it would have been different, would it, if he goes in on a kickoff one time and runs down there on a touchback? Is it any different? I don't know. I, I think it is a little bit, and you're right. You're 1,000% right in terms of the way he's going to approach it, which is part of the reason why I was a little bit bummed that he didn't get to play. Yeah, if you get in there for one or two special teams plays and you run down the field. I was on the field. I played in the Super Bowl. Uh, you don't have to explain anything what, where, when, why, or how. But, uh, again, we're nitpicking. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's got himself a ring. Yep. We know that. Jonah Williams, the, the lineman from Rocky Mountain High School in Weaver yeah. State, got himself a ring. He was on the practice squad. He was not expected to play, but he's got himself a ring. Eric Garber, the wide receivers coach, who, by the way, just coached one of the greatest wide receiver seasons in the history of the National Football League. Seriously. I'm talking about, I'm talking about preseason. I'm talking about regular season. I'm talking about playoffs. And Eric yep. Yarber and, and Cooper Cup did magical things this year. So congratulations. He's been the wide receivers coach, former Vandals coach, former Vandals wide receiver. Actually, I don't know if he was a coach there, but uh, certainly a former Vandals wide receiver. And Eric Yarber got himself a ring. And then Andy Benoit, Boise kid, uh, a friend of this show, worked for this show, worked for me at the Idaho Statesman. Kid who grew up scrapbooking NFL dreams and delights and all of a sudden got himself into a uh, – um, he just kind of worked his way up. He's a football nerd, an X's and O's football nerd, and he is an analyst on the front office for the Los Angeles Rams. He's going to get himself a ring, too. So there's pretty much uh, there's four dudes with local connections that are going to get themselves a Super Bowl ring. All right, Professor Prater. You've seen basically every single Super Bowl you can remember since Super Bowl Seven because you're old and fat. And Thank I you, buddy. You. Thank you. I love you. love you. love you. love you. But the Super Bowl seven, is that the Redskins? Uh, yeah. Uh, Dolphins. Yep. Washington, Miami, when Miami had the perfect season. So you say you've seen every Super Bowl since Super Bowl seven and you've done your research. You know what happened in the first six. If you were to letter grade Super Bowl 56, just in all just the game, not the halftime show, not any other festivities. Just how was it as a football game? What grade are you giving on that? Because it was a good game, but it wasn't a great yeah, game, yeah, right? No, no, that's a great question. I know, 23-20, it's close, so you want that, but it wasn't like we're going to remember all these magical moments from that game. It was just kind of a meh game, but it just happened to be in the Super Bowl. Well, great, Professor. I, I, I think I, my, the first thing that came to mind was a B, and I think I'm going to knock myself down to a B-. minus. Because I think you're right. Uh, there was no way it was an A-plus game, an A-minus game. No. This did not reach A status. Uh, I, I'm going to give it a B- minus for uh, the lack of the lack of drama. I mean, it was a good game. We enjoyed it. It was fast. It was quick. It was one of those Super Bowls that just kind of got over. You blinked, and it was over. Yeah. Uh, it was fairly enjoyable. The first half was kind of just blah. The second half got a little pesky and a little weird and a little fun. Uh, I'm going to give it a B-minus ball game. How about you? Uh, man, I usually am. You're a tougher grader than me because you're just more You're more of a jerk face than I am. There, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, but I, I'm going to give it a solid B. Because it was 23-20, and the drama halfway through the fourth quarter was like on jacked up to Marty McFly, back to the future, all the first scene with they be drinking all the amps up there, Prater. The last four minutes was that. Like every so many sync plays, like, oh, my gosh, the, the goal line situation, everything that happened turned into kind of a flag fest there. But 23-20, to 20, yeah, uh, there was drama till the end. The Bengals on that fourth down play, solid B for me. But I, was, I like that. I mean, I mean, it's going to be for me, this is a forgettable Super Bowl. 
when you go to me just personally and you're like, hey, dude, uh, Super Bowl moments, you know, what are we doing here? I don't think I'm going to draw a lot onto Super Bowl 56. Is like life-defining, changing sports mo- sports moments for me. There's no John Elway helicopter play in this game, no, right? No. There wasn't that one big signature play, unless you're going to say the final play of the game when Aaron Donald got his hands on Burrow and kind of wrapped him around. Burrow still was able to get the ball out, but he was short. There will, I don't think there Do will you be have a signature one? play. I think you're right. Every Super Bowl, most Super Bowls are defined by one great play, one great visual, one uh-huh. great piece of video that we're going to watch for years to come. I don't think that. Maybe it's going to be Aaron Donald after that sack where he's pointing at his ring. That was kind of a momentous moment for there for him. But yes, you know, sir. the last three Super Bowls have all been decided by double digits, so at least we got ourselves a close one. That's why I gave it a B minus. You gave it a B. I think it was a good Super Bowl. I think the pregame was good. I think the halftime was pretty good. I think the the the, the pace of this football game and the drama of this football game was pretty good. I think that both teams were really good. I, I liked everything about this Super Bowl. It just wasn't a great Super Bowl. Okay, I'm with you. That's Mike Prater, John Mallory. Here we are. Prater on the ball game. Idaho Sports Talk 95.3, the ticket. Excited to have you guys at Pastry Perfection. And uh, quite, a, quite, a, quite a few folks in here right now, Prater. I, I'm going to say that this Super Bowl was just kind of like your basic chocolate cake. Okay. When yeah. other Super yeah. Bowls are like this brilliant chocolate cake with sprinkles on top, raspberry filling in the middle, yeah, okay. a, a really cute statue on top, Gosh. and lots of colorful frosting. This Super Bowl was just a really, really good piece of chocolate you, cake. Because food and sports are two of your go-tos, like me too. But that's a good analogy system for you. Like you're going to start comparing everything. What type of cake would it be? I mean, that's going to be spot-on analysis, bro. Because you, you know, you've had a lot of cakes and you've watched a lot of football. Ball game. I showed. <laughs> I, I, you, I was lucky enough to be invited to your Super Bowl party yesterday. I showed up five minutes after kickoff, so that's a problem already. And then I went straight for the prime rib. I, I had a piece of prime rib yeah. before I even looked at the television set. Yes. Food and football are pretty important. Beautiful, man. You're a beautiful person. And I was just kidding when I when I said you were a little big there. You're 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 not. You're just a big dude. You called me fat. You're just a big dude. You called me fat. And I'm sorry about My that. My feelings are hurt on Valentine's Day. I know. Ah, dang it. You never want to hurt somebody's feelings <laughs> on Valentine's Day. I love it, man. Did we both um, show up with red shirts on purpose on Valentine's Day, by the way? No, I didn't realize it was Valentine's Day when I put this on. We're, we're still waiting for JPZ to get us some company gear since we made the switch. So we just had to show up our, with our old red T-shirts today. All kidding aside, Prater and I went to our morning meeting, guys, and we looked at each other and we said, oh, dude. We're at Pastry Perfection today. We had forgot. Which means we forgot that it was Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. We forgot After warning we everybody last week. I love it, man. Uh, you guys, appreciate you hanging out with us. I want to ask you a question. You can hit me up on the Cloverdale Plumbing text line. Now, Cooper Cup, it's probably unrealistic to think that he's going to do this type of season ever again. But how close is he going to get? This was obviously a career year. It's a career year for anybody. But what percentage of this year do you possibly expect him to get to in the future? Like, is he going to be moving forward a top two or three receiver in the NFL for the next five, six years? What do you think? Send those thoughts, 208-424-9300. Ball game, I got two facts on Cooper Cup that I'm going to say for the next segment. I'm not even sure. You know how I try to stump you all the time on NFL facts? You'll probably, yeah. I got two of them that I think will even blow you away. Cooper Cup and what kind of history he made yesterday. Wow. I'm going to blow you away, dude. Let's just talk about the year of the cup. Woo! 
Okay. Yes, Cooper Cup coming up on this show. And real quick, we're right across the street from basically Hawks Memorial Stadium at Patriots Perfection here. They've been doing this since 1983. And like I said earlier, they're going to check every single bakery box. They leave no bakery category untouched. And why, you ask? Well, they make everything from scratch on-premise, Prater, with the freshest ingredients that's why they say their philosophy, everything we sell, we make. And that's the difference between going here and going to some grocery store bakery. Okay, that's like the difference between the NFL and a high school game. You notice the level of football. Pastry Perfection, I'll just say it's like the NFL of bakeries. Ball game, I can even take that one step further. You could come in and not have to work your brain at all because there's 8,000 different items here. Or you could come in and tell them exactly what you want and they'll take care of business for you. All right, go nowhere. We're going to kill it today, guys. Happy Valentine's Day. We're Prater in the ballgame. We'll be back on Idaho Sports Talk, KTIK the ticket. Make the KTIK app the reason you own a smartphone. Download the app to listen anytime. Set an alarm for Prater in the ballgame. Listen to archive shows and interviews. And keep up with our social media accounts. That's a lot on such a small device. Get the KTIK app today. It's the 10-yard line just inside the 11 of Cincinnati for the Rams. Second and four. There's the snap. Rolling out of the pocket. Stafford cocks his arm. Line drive throw. Corner of the end zone. Caught. Caught. Both hands in front of his face mask. Touchdown, Los Angeles. In the far back corner of the end zone. An 11-yard strike by Matthew Stafford, who has just thrown his second first-half touchdown pass in Super Bowl 56. Can't put into words how incredible this is. We'll do this with these guys to be able to have my family down here with me. Just this uh, this whole experience, this whole season, every step of the journey has just been so so surreal. I've enjoyed every moment of it. Last night, obviously, the L.A. Rams, Super Bowl 56 champions, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and holy smokes, what a connection that's been this year, Mike Prater. Unbelievable connection. Probably one of the best, well, certainly one of the best wide receiver seasons in the, in the history of the National Football League. What a likable guy. I mean, what a likable guy. We had somebody at our party yesterday that uh, looked at Cooper Cup and said they didn't like the guy. I'm not sure why. He seems very likable to me. That beard's a little fuzzy. I wish he would tighten that thing up, but who am I to judge another man by his somebody appearance? Somebody didn't like Cooper Cup? Somebody doesn't like Cooper Cup. I okay. won't say who, but okay. somebody didn't like okay. Cooper Cup. And, you know, I, I, I find him to be an incredibly likable dude and uh i came up with a couple of facts one i'm pretty pretty convinced i'm sure is true ball game the other one i I need some help from our listeners to kind of figure it out one yes the first ever big sky football player to win a super bowl mvp cooper cup that's confirmed that is confirmed yeah the the big sky has never produced a super bowl mvp Cooper Cup is your Super Bowl MVP from Eastern Washington. I love it. I can take it even one step further. Bring it. Bring it. I'm 95% certain, but very well could be wrong. This is where I need you and the listeners to come into play. Is Cooper Cup the first player from a Big Sky football program to even score a touchdown in the Super Bowl? I would say no. There's I'm going to say yes. There's been a lot of touchdown scores in the one. Super Bowl. And it might even be some dude in the 70s. Find you me You know, one. a backup running back who got a touchdown. Maybe a defensive player. Jack Squirek <laughs> for the Raiders. Okay. Some backup linebacker. Is he a big sky guy? Uh, look, That's the challenge for the next two and a half hours. Because okay. I, I, I think Cooper Cup, and I didn't go through every box score. I didn't yeah. connect the dots. I wouldn't put this in the newspaper 
we our standards are a lot lower here on the radio station. Yes. And, and I think Cooper Cup is the first Big Sky player to ever score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And I need to figure that out before the end of the show today. And he scored two of them. And, you know, Cooper Cup, everybody knows his story now, basically in the football world. And everybody should, you know. I mean, this guy, first off, when he was in college at Eastern on the Inferno, I think he had four consecutive seasons of 100 catches, okay? Wow. Like monster college career. I remember him lighting up. Like Pac-12 schools, Wazoo, UW, Oregon State, because they would play, you know, those big money games, and they couldn't stop Cooper Cup at that level. Davis High School, that's a 4A school in Washington in a town called Yakima. They call it the Palm Springs of Washington, and that's the biggest joke I've ever seen on a billboard driving through Yakima. It's anything but Palm Springs, Mike Prater, <laughs> but that's where Cooper Cup was born and raised. His dad was a fringe NFL guy, had a cup of coffee as a quarterback. I think it was Mike Cup, and, and, and he just, him and his brother played a lot of football growing up. They were just, they, they loved each other, and they just played together, and Cooper Cup's brother had a cup of coffee in the NFL, but just a kid from Yakima High School had one offer to play college football, and it was from Eastern. You know, I heard the Idaho State Bengals came in at the 11th hour, but he was already committed to Eastern there, but yeah, uh, everything you said, just a terrific kid, and to really put this thing into perspective, Cooper Cup played 21 games this year, guys, 17 regular season and four playoff. Okay. And in those 21 games, he caught 178 passes. Holy, holy. Like, that's one of those numbers. That's like Barry Bonds hitting 73 home runs in a season. Like, you have to, like, double check it. Like, wait, what? Who he did what? Like, one of those stats. 178 catches Prater, and the yardage number might be sexier than the receptions. 2,425 yards? 2,400? What the hell? Like, I, I don't even know how that's possible. Do you, is that, in terms of playoffs and regular season, is that number one? Bolt? No one even has 2,000, and he has 2,400. Holy cow. So he's way ahead. And then 22 touchdowns, which is a remarkable touchdown number as well. We've seen better, obviously. LaDainian Thompson had a year where he had 31 touchdowns on his own. But 22 touchdowns from a wide receiver. He had 21 his freshman often. year at Eastern Washington. 21. In, in one season. In Cooper, one season. How many touchdowns did Cooper Cup score in his collegiate career? A little 7-3. 73, okay? So it's not like this is just one of these like, oh, my God, that was a really good year, but he's never going to do anything close to that again. I'll agree he's never going to do this again. I don't know if anybody will, but I think he can get close. I think Cooper Cup, I mean, look, he, he did it in college, too. I mean, the guy has just been that good, and he needed this year for it to all come together. He's battled a few injuries early on in his pro career, too. But uh, I don't see, and we can read some of the text, too, I don't see Cooper Cup going anywhere, right? Yesterday, especially on that last drive, that game-winning drive, the difference-making drive in the Super Bowl yesterday, everybody knew that Stafford and Cup were going to collect and get together and try to win this football game, including the Cincinnati Bengals and their defensive coordinator. Couldn't stop him. Next year, Cooper Cup, everybody's going to know he's got a target on his back. You're not going to be able to stop him. Those numbers are gaudy enough where you may not be able to repeat them. But Cooper Cup, I think, as long as he stays healthy, is going to be one of the most dynamic wide receivers, certainly one of the most productive wide receivers. I think he's going to stay, stick around and do this kind of stuff for the next couple of years. You know, let's talk fantasy football. That's a world that we all live in in most cases. 
Is he the first receiver taken in fantasy football drafts next year? Or are you Devontae Adams, right? Had a tremendous year. There's so many great receivers. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Like, I would imagine Cooper Cup's going to be one of the first one, two, or three receivers taken. Why wouldn't you, I, I, I right? I think I would take him one still. I'd take him over. If Aaron Rodgers goes back to Green Bay, and it's Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams again. Maybe you could sell me on taking Devontae Adams. but Or maybe Jamar Chase. But I'm going, I'd go Cooper right now. Yeah, yeah. I'd go Cooper right now. What do you guys think? Text me a player, a receiver, you would draft ahead of Cooper Cup on our Cloverdale Plumbing text line live from Pastry Perfection. So, yeah, it's just Prater, like one of the great seasons in – Okay, yeah, I know I'm Johnny Ball game. I'm I'm all about the hyperbole. Uh, I I get crazy and I overreact, but this is one of the best seasons I've ever seen in sports history. Not football, not by a receiver, not professionally, just in the history of sports. What he did in 21 games. Now, I told you the stats. Throw in the triple crown. He's one of four receivers to ever win that ever. Randy Moss doesn't have a triple crown. Neither does Terrell Owens. He's also a consensus first team all pro by every recorded measurement. He won the NFL Offensive Player of the Year trophy, which is like the second best award you can get as an offensive player in the NFL. He was Super Bowl MVP. I mean, the guy had 33 catches throughout the playoffs, too. Like, that's one of the finest seasons I've ever seen in sports when you combine day one to the final day when you're standing on the podium with the trophy, holding it in the air, saying, I'm Super Bowl MVP. Tough to beat. Let me ask you this question, Paul. You're 100% right. Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl MVP yesterday. I've already seen nine commercials. He's going to be that much of a star that fast. Didn't happen. Cooper Cup is kind of in that spot right now. How much does he translate? I don't know how many commercials we're going to see. How much of a, Dude, a, a commercial superstar? A lot, a you, th- lot. you think so? He plays in L.A. That's the number two market. He's blonde hair. He's blue eyes. He's got what maybe some people might think is a cool beard. He has an underdog story. He's humble. If he He's going to have every single advertising opportunity thrown his way, but he might not be the type of dude who wants to sell out. If you're, I shouldn't even have said that because screw selling. Get, get paid. I would yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell, I, I, I endorse I won't miss it, but some, some, some silly businesses and you will do anything. Come yes, find me yes. in Prater. I'll sell anything. Yes. But maybe he doesn't want it. But is he going to have the opportunity? Prater, he's a white dude. He's got blue eyes, blonde hair. He's in Los Angeles. Oh, hell yes, he's going to have opportunities. He's going to have opportunities, but there's something that tells me that he won't be the superstar that like a Joe Burrow would have been. Aaron Rodgers. Too, Aaron like- Rodgers. I, I, think, I think we're going to see a B-level offseason performance in terms of the endorsements. I, I don't think we're going to see 20 Cooper Cup television commercials i think we're going to see a couple of limited ones happy valentine's day we're live at pastry perfection on glenwood we're going to be doing our diamond dig a little later we'll tell you about that our three contestants will be here and it's a wonderful day at pastry perfection of course valentine's day coming up jp he has leon rice on the last eight seconds of regulation yesterday versus Colorado State. This is a game I know, Bronco Nation, you're going to be mad about a long time. Hear from Leon Rice next. We're Prater in the ball game. This is Idaho Sports Talk, KTIK, the ticket. 
the Treasure Valley's original all-sports station. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus, coming up in about 10 minutes. We'll get Bob's take on yesterday's Colorado State loss and, of course, the uh, game they had the other night as well. But, hey, Prater, I was uh, looking up into your your question about the Big Sky players. Have they scored a touchdown? Yes. Now, now, that is a fantastic question. I found somebody that scored but not a touchdown. That person that scored would a be... kicker? Yeah. Jan Stenerud kicked uh, three field goals yes. in Super Bowl four. But I am still yes. searching for that... Elusive other person that has scored Montana a touchdown. Montana State Bobcats, right, Jan yeah. Stenerud? It's not going to happen. You're, keep searching, JP. Keep that's searching. A, that's I want a, you to prove me wrong, but I, uh, yeah. I don't think a big sky football player has ever scored a touchdown in the I, Super Bowl. I'm sticking to my guns on this one. I would bet you're right. Well, Boise State basketball dropped a close one to Colorado State in overtime, 77-74 uh, yesterday. Final few seconds of regulation were somewhat confusing as it appeared. Somewhat? Uh, well, it was confusing. We'll get Bob's take on this, maybe. But Boise State appeared to have stolen the ball. Abu Kijab was bumped with under two seconds left. No foul call. They said he stepped out of bounds. The refs huddled. It ended up being ruled an inadvertent whistle. And uh, B.J. Reigns, Bronco Nation News, asked Coach Rice about that after the game. And here's how he described it. Yeah, that was a... That was a tough way to not win the game. That's what I'll say. Well, what kind of explanation did you get for, for everything? None. Tough way not to win a game and uh, no it. explanation. But uh, Raider, he doesn't say it's a tough way to lose the game. He doesn't say the word lose. He says yeah. not win, which I think is hilarious. On a, I've never, I've never heard a coach go there in a press conference. And Leon, I love it. It's a tough way to not win like <laughs> i thought that was cool man yeah i, I mean I, I you know it was a cluster and i was delivering pizzas and sitting in my guy's driveway listening to the great late bob not the late the great bob Beeler yesterday <laughs> sorry bob, bob <laughs> at least stick around at least stick around for your next segment bob we, we'd have to fill at 345 if you're not around but uh so i you know and i went back and looked at the at, at the end and it was just a, a cluster and, and so much is being made of 1.8 seconds and a free throw here. I mean, you know, there was other issues, so many other things in this game. Let's not get focused on one thing. Maybe if Boise State can make one more free throw, they don't even have to be in this situation. How if, about that? If you're just joining us, 100%. apparently Mike Prater has just killed off Bob Beeler. <laughs> the late Bob Beeler. <laughs> the late, great Bob Beeler. <laughs> late, great Bob Beeler, the best. Uh, for, for, for three seconds, Teresa Beeler, <laughs> she just what crashed happened? her car into a yeah. telephone pole. <laughs> yeah, Teresa's driving like, what the late? Uh, good stuff, man. Uh, I'm high on cupcakes, JP. Yeah, and I just had three sugar cookies, so. <laughs> Boise State freshman Ty, Ty, Tyson Dagenhart, he was honored by the Mountain West again. Freshman basketball player of the week. His seventh of the season, fourth in a row. T. Deggy averaged 15 and a half points, uh, shot 50% from the field, including a whopping 55% from the field from three point range, and pulled down five and a half rebounds per game in two games last week. Just go ahead and give him the freshman of the year. And then, you know, do we need to get a release every week about him being the freshman of the week? Or can we just give it to him? I almost didn't tweet it out this week. I almost didn't, but. I'm a sucker. I did anyway. (laughs) 
And let's see here. At the Olympics, the U.S. women's hockey team beat Finland 4-1 to in the semifinals. They will now play for the gold against Canada, their nemesis. That game is set for Wednesday night, 9-10 Mountain Time. Canada beat the U.S. 4-2 to in the preliminary round. And uh, I saw this stat. They are outscoring their opponents 54-8. to That's not good. The men's hockey team, they beat Germany 3-2 to yesterday and won Group A. They earned a bye into the quarterfinals now where they will play uh, tomorrow night, 9-10 p.m. against the winner of the uh, Slovakia-Germany game, which is uh, later on tonight. Yeah, a couple of uh, couple of nice hockey games coming up, ball game. You got it dialed in, man. It's it's hockey season. How are now. the Olympics going? I mean, you got a whole another week, right, of the Olympics. Closing ceremony is what this coming weekend, I think. Well, it's the twentieth, so Sunday. Yeah, Sunday night. Okay, Sunday so night. you got you got a solid almost about a week left for the Olympics. You digging this so far? I mean. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a typical uh, Olympic experience for me. I'm not watching anywhere near as much, but I'm focusing on hockey. I'm watching as much of the hockey as I possibly can. And, okay. uh, you know, the American teams are, are, are dominating right now. So, you know, the American women are the defending gold medal champions, uh, but uh, they got that big tough game against Canada at 9 o'clock on Wednesday. Night. By the way, that's a that's on Big Boy NBC. 9 mm. o'clock Wednesday night live. Big boy NBC. You don't have to go goofing around. That's on Channel 7. I don't think the men's gold medal game is on NBC. That tells you what the TV executive thinks about the popularity of hockey in this country. When it comes to the Olympics, the women are a hell of a lot more popular than the men, especially when the men don't bring their NHLs in. So I think they're going to be stuck on cable Wednesday night, U.S.-Canada. I think it's one of the greatest rivalries in all of sports, women's hockey gold medal games on big boy NBC. Finally, uh, Boise State did announce today the uh, suspension of concession sales at athletic events has been lifted. You can uh, you can get your drink on, I guess. Concessions will be again available at home athletic events starting with Friday night's gymnastics meet. Uh, they will take on Utah State Extra Mile Arena Friday night, and that was uh, basically suspended for three weeks, January twenty first through uh, yesterday. So uh, there you go. You can. Uh, now get some concessions at BSU athletic events. Love it. Good stuff. Pastry perfection. Look, if you're getting off work here in a second or whatever, swing by pastry perfection. You'll be happy you're here the moment the door opens and you smell the experience. It's Valentine's Day. Why not come home with a cake or some cookies? This is one of their busiest days of the year so they prepare for it and they have tons of valentine's day related stuff here i just had a chocolate on chocolate cupcake in holy shnikes man it was that good i loved it so anyway we'll see you down here at pastry perfection celebrating valentine's day bob beeler coming up next they went one and one boise state basketball this week and they beat unlv and they lost to colorado state we'll bring on the voice of boise state bronco basketball the great Bob Beeler next. Prater in the ballgame, Idaho Sports Talk. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. This is Bronco Focus with the voice of Boise State Athletics, Bob Beeler. All you Boise State fans still bummed out about the loss yesterday. Just remember it's Valentine's Day, right? It's the day for hugs and kisses and happiness. And speaking of all three, let's bring on Bob Beeler to his segment here, Bronco Focus. Bob, welcome. And, uh, yeah, one and one this weekend. You beat UNLV on Friday and lose to Colorado State yesterday. What did... What did this weekend tell you? And before anything, Bob, happy Valentine's Day, pal. Thank you, and I'm not late. 
<laughs> you're, you're definitely not dead, Bob. I'm sorry to you and your beautiful bride. I, I did not mean to kill you off, Bob. I, I love you very much, and the, and the dozen roses that are on the way. Okay. Thank you, guys. You guys are the winners today out of pastry perfection, I'll tell you I that. Know, yeah. oh. uh, I, I think what we learned this week is that Emmanuel Acott is very important to this team. They could have been 3-0 and without him, but I think with him they're definitely 3-0. and and I think when you saw what happened, and we're going to go back to San Jose State. San Jose is the C team in this league, and they won easily. Without ACOT uh, playing UNLV, a B team, I would love to have seen ACOT take a few uh, uh, covers against Hamilton. Not to say that Hamilton still wouldn't have scored a lot, but it would have been interesting to watch at 6'8". guy that's the same size, a little bit bigger than Hamilton. You know, a guy that can put the put the ball through the hoop. He's over forty percent on three point point shooting. Uh, you know, I, I would like to see it. B team, you won, and then an A team, it was close, and you lost in overtime. Uh, you look at the numbers of minutes played in the game against Colorado State. Coach Rice used the starters for at least thirty-seven of the forty-five minutes. Each of the five starters logged thirty-seven minutes in the game. Some were over forty. And while you can do that in a game, it's tough to sustain for a long time. So I think that as you keep seeing games, it gets tougher and tougher to play people 35-plus minutes. So you know, I think that getting him back is going to be huge if you want to win this league and if you want to you know, go to the tournament and advance in the tournament. Not to say that the other starters aren't playing well. It's just, boy, that gives you one more piece. And I would have felt really, really good yesterday of winning a game in regulation against Colorado State if, if we had ACOT yesterday. Beeler, what about individually? I mean... And maybe you can speak if you if you have at least a hunch that ACOT's back sooner than later and individually. What did you see, Bob? Well, I think matchups dictate things a lot. And, I mean, you look at uh, the UNLV game and style of game, too. Kijab had 18 points. They called the game tighter against UNLV, and he went to the free throw line 10 times, drew 11 fouls, and had 8 points. They didn't call much. It was like an NCAA tournament game where they swallowed the whistle most of the game and uh, Kijab only had eight points, one for two at the free throw line. And, you know, Colorado State's significantly better inside with, with Roddy and with Thomas and the guys they have than what UNLV has. So I, I think that matchups do dictate what guys get. Uh, two people that I think are back for Boise State. I think Armouche is back. He was in double figures in both games and had seven and eight rebounds. So, you know, he had had a little bit of a lull after his game against Utah State. I think Max Rice is back. We're going to talk about him a little bit more tomorrow. But, I mean, he filled in admirably for uh, ACOT, scoring 17 points, a season high for himself yesterday. And then I take away Shaver and Degenhardt. Boy, aren't those guys consistent? You can just about write down 15 points for each of those guys every game. So I, I really like where Boise State's uh, you know five or six players are, are playing right now. you just like to see ACOT get back in there. We're talking a little Boise State basketball with Bob Buehler, the voice of Boise State Athletics. This is Bronco Focus. All right, Bob, one-and-one weekend with the UNLV and the Colorado State game. What did this do in terms of Boise State in the Mountain West race, and what does this do for Boise State and their NCAA tournament picture? All right, we'll start with the Mountain West race. Wyoming now is in the driver's seat. They're the only team with one loss. Boise State has two. And then, I'm sorry, we're going to draw the line at three losses. Colorado State is 10-3. and three. San Diego State is 7-3. and three. Those are the only four teams that have a chance to win the league regular season right now. Wyoming's got the easiest schedule left of the four. 
And uh, Wyoming, again, easiest overall because they missed both uh, UNLV for a game and San Diego State for a game. So Wyoming is in the driver's seat, and the schedule favors them more than anybody. far as computer goes, Prater, if you told me that Boise State was going to lose one of the three games this weekend, UNLV, Colorado State, and then we'll count Air Force the game on Wednesday, Colorado State would be the game I would choose to lose because uh, Air Force is... 236th in the computer rankings. And as long as you lose to people who are right there and you know don't lose more than one or two, you're going to be fine. Colorado State won. They were 35, and they moved to 31 for a big road win over a really good team in Boise State. Boise State dropped from 34 to 39. So it's not taking you out of the mix. Now, if you lose two or three more, then that's a different story. But the key is... You got to lose to you got to beat people that are badly ranked in the computer, and if you're going to lose one or two, make sure you lose it to somebody that's good. Bob, no time to look back. Big weekend ahead. Big week ahead. What does the schedule look like for Boise State and and even some of their contenders in the Mountain West this week? All right, Boise State goes to Air Force on Wednesday, so the conference throws them a bone. They play the game Sunday, and they give them an extra day heading to Air Force, and that's going to be needed with all the minutes that the the main players played for Boise State on Sunday. And then I think maybe the biggest home game of the year, and it's a great time, 4 o'clock on Saturday against Utah State. Boise State needs to win both of these games this week because both of these teams are in the, in the bottom half of the league, although Utah State has played well on many occasions. New Mexico, to me, is the interesting team this week, and you say why. They're 2-8 and eight in the league. They are hosting both Wyoming and Colorado State at the pit. Can they get one upset out of the two? That would be very interesting. And then San Diego State, because they've got three losses already, they play Utah State and Fresno State. I think if they want to have a chance at this thing, they've got to come up with a sweep this week. They can't lose another one. Bob, about a minute, man. Why why does everybody always get so worried about Air Force (laughs) at Air Force? For basketball now. It's because it's a dingy place. And it's yeah, there's not usually much of a crowd, so you kind of have less of a energy going in there. And they also play kind of a unique style, much like their football team. They they run a lot of backdoor cuts, slow okay. it down, make things difficult. So it's tricky. Okay. Everybody always you know, what what Bob called Air Force dingy. Dingy. It's kind yeah. of disrespectful, Bob. It is. I apologize. You called me late. <laughs> I said you were dead. Yes. So, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> just. It's just. You know. Any. Any place when there's when there's not that big of a crowd there. Yeah. It's. It's not. It's not as fun. So I. I no. do apologize. That probably was a bad choice of words on my. Well, part. I. You know. I, I'm just giving you a hard time, Bob. And it is definitely different there. So uh, mm-hmm. it's. It's a tough place to win for sure. And I know mm-hmm. Leon Rice doesn't like it. Bob, you got a hunch Acott plays in that game. I have no idea. I was hoping he was going to play the last couple, and he hasn't. So gotcha. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm sure you can't get him back soon enough for Boise State's team. That's a big piece of the puzzle. Talk to you tomorrow, Bob. Looking forward to get that deep dive into Max Rice and his curious season. That's tomorrow on Bronco Focus. We're here celebrating Valentine's Day at Pastry Perfection. And Mike Prater says the overall viewpoint of Super Bowl 56, Prater, might have been up there with some of the best. I think so. I I like the vibe. The vibe, the L.A. vibe, my friend. Halftime show. Hey, West Coasters, get used to the Super Bowl. We're coming back right away. Prater in the ballgame. See ya. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 13.50 AM. The Ticket. 
What's going on and welcome to what we hope is your favorite sports talk radio program, Prater in the Ball Game, Idaho Sports Talk, celebrating Valentine's Day in style. There is no better location for Valentine's Day than where we are right now on Glenwood, Garden City, with its former mayor, Mike Prater, at Pastry Perfection. Uh, plenty of people working here, plenty of people shopping here. Prater, you can smell it. I had a chocolate cupcake. It was so good. You had a couple of sugar cookies. Prater, we're having fun. Unbelievable. And you know what's going to happen over the next hour ball game? I mean, at 5.30, we're going to give away a diamond. That's, that's, that's just kind of, un, you know, that just goes without saying. Over the next hour, we're going to see a lot of desperate men walking in here to save their relationships. Yep. And you yep. know what? Pastry Perfection is one place that can do it. You can. I mean, seriously, dude, you show up with whatever they have, whatever you decide here at Pastry Perfection, uh, he or she's going to be happy tonight. So make sure that uh, you get this done on Valentine's Day at Pastry Perfection. All right, we put the research team at it. JP's been looking. Our tech, KJ's been looking. Prater's looking. As big is as, as, as Cooper Cup. The only big sky football player to ever score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And as far as we, you know, Prater, I, I think you were right on that. I don't think any other big sky player ever has. I, we can't find it. Uh, JP found Jan Stenerud kicked to some, uh, some, some points. Uh, what, Super Bowl two, three, whatever four, it was? One or four. He was the kicker for the Chiefs. Yeah, so uh, he, he wasn't the kicker in, in one? Maybe? I thought he was. JP didn't mention that, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the Kansas City scored 10 points in that opening kick or in okay. that opening Super Bowl. But, yeah, I think Jan Stenerud is it, as far as we can tell. Um, and, and I don't even, this had nothing to do with points. I just said, Cooper Cup is the first Big Sky player to ever score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I don't. That's crazy to me. The Big Sky produces great football at this level. It's not the SEC, obviously. That goes without saying. But Big Sky produces good football, good individual talent every single year. They haven't had a player drafted in the NFL for two consecutive years, so maybe it's declining. As a matter of fact, the last offensive player drafted by the, out of the Big Sky into the NFL was a guy by the name of Cooper Cup, who is now uh, a Super Bowl MVP, and I do believe he's the only guy to ever score a touchdown in the Super Bowl who played in the Big Sky. Who was the last player from the Big Sky drafted? You showed me. A couple of defensive guys. Um, oh, Caden Ellis, your boy. The Idaho you. Vandals, baby. Just was it Caden or Christian? That. It was Caden. I think it was Caden. I think it was Caden. So, he went to the Saints, I believe, I right? I just want yeah. you to throw that out there. Idaho Vandals, Idaho yes. Vandals, Idaho Vandals. Thank you very much. All right, guys. I felt like, okay, we're watching that Super Bowl yesterday. SoFi Stadium, built where Hollywood Park was, right by the airport in Inglewood, right by the Forum, where Magic Johnson put on a show for his career with the Lakers in it it felt super, right? The Super Bowl. It, it, that location and everything that came with it, 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 it was super, Prater. It, felt like, it, it really felt like that to me. And it felt like that even before the game started. We're going to talk a little bit about the L.A. vibe here today and some of the non-football stuff. But I, I thought the pregame stuff, uh, and I watch a lot of the pregame stuff, it just looked different. I mean, L.A. looks different. I, I'm, this, this is going to be a segment that's going to be very divisive for some of our listeners. I like Los Angeles. I like Southern California. I go there every single year to do at least something. I know you love Southern California as well. Many of our listeners do not. But when I saw that yesterday, it looked good. That stadium looked good. It was beautiful. We all wanted to be there. The vibe was spectacular. It looked like Hollywood. It, it was 80 degrees. There were waterfalls and water and palm trees. And that stadium, oh, my God. 
gosh, that's the greatest. St- I've never been there yet. We're got, we got a go ball game. It's the ultimate destination for Boise State football in terms of their conference championship. So, um, or no, I guess the bowl. Well, the bowl game. Yeah, the bowl game would be the uh, the, the destination there. But uh, I, I just think it looked beautiful. That stadium is beautiful. That's what five billion dollars gets you. I'm all for putting the Super Bowl in Los Angeles every five years. No, ball game. Okay, yeah, okay. Not every year. No, there's too many great cities. Yes, but I, you know, I, I'm almost to the point where I want it to be like a, a five city rotation. I mean, give me L.A., okay. Phoenix, New Orleans, um, Miami, and Dallas. Dallas. Jerry's World. Yes, Dallas, Jerry's World needs to be in there. Absolutely. That's a pretty cool stadium as well. So I, I would vote for a, a five city rotation. You said Vegas, right? Well, I got to make it six. Then Vegas has got to okay, be in yeah, a rotation. Right, right. But I just, I, I just, you know, it doesn't have to be a rotation. But I want it to be in Los Angeles. I love the star appeal. I love the Hollywood appeal. Yeah. We're going to talk about the music and the halftime show here in a minute. I, 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 I like that. There was, it was just cool. The L.A. vibe at the Super Bowl and that stadium, it was just a sweet, sweet deal ball game. Yeah, I mean, and L.A. can handle a big event, you know. I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of ways for transportation, cabs and Ubers and all that. There's hotels everywhere. Heck, yeah, it's expensive, but so is Las Vegas. But yeah, I, I thought that state, man, I got to get to that stadium. And oh. Hopefully it's for a Boise State Bowl game, right? Oh. So what were you saying? Like, SoFi Stadium, where the Super Bowl 56 was yesterday, that's like, that's close to the ultimate goal for Boise State. It's not the ultimate goal, but... Like it's high on the priority list, right, Bronco Nation? Yeah, the ultimate goal obviously is a New Year's Six bowl game. Yes, that's a New Year's Six bowl game under the current configurations. But in order to get there, uh, I mean, the Mountain West champion is going to play uh, unless they go to New Year's Six bowl game in SoFi Stadium. It won't. Be, there was only seventy thousand people at yesterday's stadium. So we're not talking about a massive amount of people. But you know, you can get twenty, twenty-five thousand people in there for a Boise State game, and you know, the vibe's not going to be as great as it was yesterday. But yes. Boise State needs to play in that game. The Mountain West has a great relationship with that game. You know, moving forward, I, I think it's a pretty cool deal. That stadium ball game, that stadium is inspiring. It's that, inspiring. Yeah. I don't care if there's people in there or not. It's inspiring. I've heard a lot of people who've, who've been there and whatnot, and they say, nicer than Jerry's World. You know, The new Atlanta stadium's nice, too. That's probably in the rotation. But, yeah, just the way it fits, there's no – everything's kind of – it's not a dome, but it's like an outdoor stadium, right? Yeah, there's, there's, like there's a roof on it, but it's not enclosed. Yeah, the, the concourses are open. And, yeah. You know, there's breezes going through, and, you know, you get struck by lightning standing next to on the concourse trying to get yourself your $18 beer. Awesome. Whatever it is you want. So, yeah, I, I just think it's pretty damn cool. What did you guys think of the halftime show? 208-424-9300. Call our Fat Guys Fresh Deli hotline or uh, text that to us as well. What did you think of the halftime show? A lot of hype with this. Um Prater, I'll start with you. I threatened to go outside and smoke a cigar, and I couldn't get my ass off the couch. I watched the whole damn thing. I yep. thought it was good. Um, I'm not a big. I don't. I don't like Kendrick Lamar. I didn't like his performance yesterday. I'm not that familiar with him before. So uh, you know, I understand he was the youngest of the group, and maybe that's the appeal there is to to bring in even more because everybody. My my son always makes fun of me when I tell him I like punk rock. He goes, "No, Dad, you like dad punk." 
you like you know social distortion. Yeah, like forty years that's ago, that's dad, dad punk. punk? Apparently, that's dad punk. Now. Love social. Well, dad. last night was dad hip hop. You know, it was the old generation of yeah. hip hop, and Kendrick Lamar is the young version of, of hip hop. So I understand why he was there, but. You know, why would you put 50 Cent, I don't care how fat he was or how old he is, why would you put him in there and not tell me there's at least a surprise? I'd have ditched Kendrick Lamar. I'd have put 50 Cent in there. I would have the other four guys that were in there and, and Mary J. Blige. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was talented. I liked the songs. I liked the production. Uh, they were definitely trying to send a message, and I, and I appreciated that. Yeah, Eminem kneeled. I, I'm so past that. I could care less if he I didn't. I, I thought he was praying. I, yeah, I, how, whatever. How is any time you take a knee in sports some tribute to somebody who did it five years ago? I don't yeah. even know what it meant. I thought Evan Moore was Evan Eminem was down thanking whatever God he prays to for his performance. I didn't care, and I still don't. No, uh, no, no. I don't. Guys, I don't care if anybody gets upset about that. You just need to check your whole card. You're going to die of stress by the time you're 25 years old. Seriously, man. Yeah. I'm so past that. I love the music. I thought it was pretty darn good. I don't need a heavy dose of that. I'm still waiting for Metallica to show up. Yeah. That's my ultimate dream. I need Metallica at a Super Bowl halftime show. They never have? No. That's I my find ul- it hard to believe Metallica has never celebrated halftime. That's the only one I need. That's the only one I wow. need, ballgame. I loved it. Um, that was my generation, Prater. You know, I was in you know a middle school, junior high, early high school when most of those albums came out outside of Eminem. But when Dre and Snoop kind of took over the hip hop scene there, they brought on Eminem in the late '90s, and you know I watched every second of that. I soaked it up. I liked the trailer. I liked the theme. I loved. I got chills when Dr. Dre gets to the piano and he starts to on the piano get paying homage to Tupac with a Tupac song. I ain't mad at you. He started that, and then he transferred into dun 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 dun, dun like chronic two thousand one stuff. And they, I loved it, man. You can tell me just my my firepower, the enthusiasm I have, just talking about it. I thought that was a, a really good halftime show. I was entertained. I didn't pay attention to how many people were were black on stage and how many people were white on stage. And again, if you're doing that, three words get. A life we can't be counting who's on here uh, twitter just <laughs> twitter went crazy on that and we all kind of know why yep. we expected it we knew that was coming from a yep. particular group who maybe that's not their type of music or that's not their type of scene fine and i mean snoop dogs everywhere with his little pre-game festivities and what i think everybody i mean i kind of figured i'm you're getting that with snoop and snoop is a great american it's not even debatable. He's Frank Sinatra, man. He's a great American. He's, He's a like fine American. Modern Frank Sinatra. Anyway, um, you guys can rip us if you want. 208-424-9300. Um, I love that halftime show, man. It was, I don't know if it was my favorite of all time. I don't have a list in my wallet of my favorite halftime shows, but I, I didn't go in the backyard like I typically do to throw the ball around, maybe you know, puff on a cigar or something. I was right there watching it, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I would agree. Two more Super Bowls, guys. Arizona, Phoenix next year, which means if you're following trends, Arizona Cardinals are going to go to the Super Bowl next year because okay. the home team has gone two years in a row. It's okay. never happened in the National Football League. It's happened two years in a row, which means Arizona is your betting favorite legally. The Chiefs and the Bills, from what I've seen, are, are your early betting favorite. They and are. then two years after that, Vegas, baby. So L.A., Phoenix, Vegas, three straight years of the Super Bowl in the West ball game. Yeah, should we start making plans for Vegas now? That's gonna be. I don't it's gonna even, be like a fifty thousand dollar ticket. 
Okay, the ticket for this game was like ten. I mean, it was all over the place. It ended up dropping, but but you're right. The Vegas, so you the Vegas ticket is going to be more than the L.A. ticket. I think it so. Is, huh? I think so. I think it is. I think it is. Dude. It depends on the matchup. I think it depends Dude. on the matchup. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be a, a big time ticket. It Super really Bowl is, in Vegas. Man. I, I don't smokes. know if we're ready for that, but I'm fired up and excited. All right, good stuff. Two zero eight four two four ninety three hundred. This is going to be a time. Where if you want to talk Boise State basketball and what went on yesterday, officiating, missed free throws, whatever, we're going to give you a little bit of time to vent. I'm going to do the same thing. Prater's probably going to tell me I'm an idiot. Uh, I need some backup on this. What do you make of yesterday's situation at Extra Mile Arena? 208-424-9300. We'll take those calls next on this Valentine's Day edition. Again, we're at Pastry Perfection. Everything made from scratch right here on premise. Fresh ingredients. That's why Pastry Perfection is not your grocery store bakery. It's different here. It's like the SEC of bakeries, Prater. It just means more. Okay? <laughs> I love it, ballgame. I K- love it. KTIK the ticket. You're listening to Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the ballgame on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The ticket. Happy Valentine's Day in the Prater in the Ball Game community. Idaho Sports Talk, KTIK, the ticket rolling right along. I got Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. Prater, 50 bucks at Blaze Pizza we're giving away today for Rock Jock. Not bad. Love it, love it, love it. JP will be bringing us with the news. I think he has some Leon Rice audio. He wasn't in, obviously, in a terrific mood yesterday after that loss and um, Prater, the the circus McGurkis, if you will, with the officials and you know, referees are are human. Nobody gets every call right all the time. Every team, all 358 men's Division One college football teams this year, probably have two or three games they can all pinpoint back and say, "Ah, the refs screwed us over on this one." But that's what Bronco Nation is saying today. The refs screwed them over yesterday with that situation that you were listening onto the radio into the radio, uh, sitting in somebody's driveway for. So the the, uh, the 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 issue here is that most Boise State fans think that Key Jab got fouled and he should have gone to the free throw line. Is that the biggest issue here? That he should have gone to the free throw line with 1.8 seconds or whatever it was. 100. percent He was. That was a complete and total body check. There. It was right there. Randy McCall, the official. Um, that ended up blowing the whistle inadvertently. They they determined, but he was two feet away from the call. He had that call. Looked like an obvious foul. I think he was just thinking, I don't want to decide the play on that, which is rare because Kijab, with one second left in a tie game, would have went to the free throw line in a one-and-one situation. Yep. He makes one free throw. Boise State is out of there. That's the first part of it, yes. And what do you think about that? I thought it was a blown call. I thought it was obvious. Prater, he just ran into him and almost football hit him. It was weird. It was weird that it was missed. It was weird. Yeah. I, I don't love it, man. And I don't even like Boise State. You know this. I mean, I cover them and whatnot. But yeah. but I thought they get screwed on that call. Randy McCall didn't blow his whistle. 
Yeah, I listened to the whole thing. I went back and looked at the play later on, but I, I was, you know, I was we, as we were all delivering some pizzas yesterday. I sat in my guy's driveway for ten minutes, and, and you know, I, I, I earlier in the show I declared Bob dead. I apologize, and I also can go out and say that's the first time I've ever listened to Bob. Where I was really frustrated, and it had nothing to do with Bob, and everything to do with the fact that you know th- there was nothing going on for ten minutes. Seriously, complete total confusion. Seriously, complete total. My favorite word, two words, hyphenated word. It's a C and it's an F, and it starts with cluster yeah that's exactly what was going on yesterday and uh um whether it was you know there was one point where boise state su- supposedly called the timeout that they didn't have and that's a technical foul and maybe colorado state should have gone to the line so yes it seems like that those officials yesterday were just a buffoon of, of mistakes uh. but you know what it does happen how about boise state how about you make a free throw Okay. So we're not even into that situation. How about you make a, the front end of a free throw or do something beyond 40% free throw shooting? I'm not blaming Boise State. Colorado State's a good team. Boise yep. State's going to be better based on coming out of yesterday's game, tougher and more determined. Maybe this rallies them a little bit. It's not going to hurt Boise State. It doesn't change their resume. It doesn't do anything for Boise State other than giving us a segment to talk about. So I just hate it when games come down to the officiating, when games come down, and there's so much angst about one mistake by a human being when for two hours I could point out plenty of mistakes that both teams made. Mike Prater, Johnny Ball game here, Prater in the ball game. What do you guys think about that Boise State situation yesterday? We will give you the opportunity speak to thousands and thousands of people right now on our show in regards to what happened yesterday. All you have to do is call 208-424-9300. Back Guys Fresh Daily Hotline, we'll get you going on that one. Um, yeah, I mean, Colorado State, if they would have lost that game, okay, then Colorado State fan says, wait, what? Boise called a timeout, and they didn't have one. That's an automatic technical foul. Colorado State was not given the opportunity to shoot free throws. That would have won the game for them in a tie game situation. Colorado State had some beef, too. You're not hearing about it because they won. And winning just cures and masks and sprays this wonderful pastry perfection type of odor everywhere, and you don't even think about it. But, yes, Key jab told the official I called a timeout. Randy McCall, the official, said, yeah, you called a timeout. That's why I blew my whistle. Uh, you called a timeout. So he goes over to the Colorado State bench and says, boy, it was timeout Boise State. The Colorado State coach says, whoa, 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 they don't have any timeouts. And then you see the ref, like, his face goes from, uh-oh, they don't have timeouts. Uh-oh. And then he has to scramble and talk to Randy McCall. And then he comes back and says, no, it's not a timeout. Inadvertent whistle. And Colorado State staff was like, wait, what? You just said they called the timeout. Yeah. They don't have one. We should be shooting free throws. Uh, let's go to Michael. He's holding on the Fat Guys Fresh Deli hotline. Michael, welcome to Idaho Sports Talk. What was your take on what went down yesterday, dude? Completely flabbergasted. Um, I was there at the game. Um and uh, we didn't know either anything that was going on. Even once they started the game up again, uh, it, all the call was was Boise State ball. Um, you know, watching it live, we obviously thought it was a foul. The people in the place were going nuts. Um, and then watching the highlight, I watched uh, the clip that B.J. Reigns had from his point of view, and I'm purely left wondering how it's not either A, a, a foul on Colorado State, uh, be a traveling on key jab or see just straight uh, Colorado State ball out of bounds. Uh, it's it's got to be one of those three, um, and and it's and it's none of them, which just makes it completely asinine to me. I have no idea 
how the ref doesn't come away at least with one of those three calls. Um, I, I wonder one thing. Kijab, in my book, is pretty well known at, for, for um, getting calls. He, he is great at making contact, getting calls all the time. If he falls in that situation, semi-flops, do we get the call, you think? Or do you think that ref had his head so far up it that he wouldn't have called it regardless? That, that's my question. I think, personally, what I think, and Johnny's a lot more closer to it, and your son a lot more smarter than I am, I, I think the ref made a bang, 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 bad call, and then tried to figure out the best way to get out of it without screwing over either team. And they just kind of fabricated their own story. It's like, you know, Boise State doesn't deserve to get screwed here. Colorado State doesn't get screwed, doesn't deserve to get screwed here. Uh, I made a bad call um, with the inadvertent whistle, and there's even, con- there's even confusion about whether it was even an inadvertent whistle. Um, and so he's just trying to weasel his way out of it, it sounds like to me here, ballgame. Yeah. 100%. Which isn't good. I'm not defending it. That's I mean, terrible. I mean, if Kijab tries to win an Oscar – and when he does actually get bumped, which should have been a blocking call, if he does, if he puts a little something on it and falls to the ground or flaps his arm up, maybe he puts the ref, Randy McCall, in a situation where he has to call it. I don't know. Uh, let's go to Roger, who's on the line, Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline. Roger, what's up, dude? Bring it. Yeah, are you? can you guys hear me? I hear you loud and clear, Roger. All right, perfect. Hey, uh, you guys are saying a lot of the same things that I thought when I saw it. I was also there live. Uh, I thought for the turnout that we had, the fans were uh, were into it. I mean, pretty well. The game was close, so that helped. But the couple quick thoughts I have is, one, you need to mic up your head officials so that once they figure out what's going on, they can communicate it to all the fans that are there so we're not left wondering. I had no idea until I read an article about the game well after the fact what actually transpired. So that was frustrating from a fan perspective. Okay. Uh, in most other sports, I shouldn't say most other sports, but at least football, they actually get on the mic and they tell everybody what's going on. So I don't know why they can't do that in basketball. And then the second thing is, this kind of adds on to what he had said earlier, the last caller about Abu Kijab and him getting calls or trying to create opportunities for himself to get calls. I think that really cost us, honestly, at the end of the second half. He tried to take a charge. It was right around the free throw line extended area. He flopped down to the ground, lost the guy he was guarding. The guy stepped back to the three and hit a wide-open three, which tied the game, if I'm not mistaken, at the time. And I'm just like, hey, you're a great defender. Just go play defense. Don't do this crap and keep playing hard and get a hand up, contest the shot, and maybe maybe there's another opportunity for us to get a win. That's all I got. Hey, great stuff, Roger. Appreciate you listening and, and appreciate you even more uh, for giving us a call. Let's go to Don, who's also holding. Don, you told JP you want to get in on this. You want to talk about that situation yesterday. Don, talk about it. Yeah, first of all, Two of the three refs were just horrible last night, Johnny. And, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I have a question for Mike. When they take a guy on the hockey rink up to the glass, is that called a hip check or something? Yes, sir. It's a check, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's about what that guy did to, <laughs> did to I agree. key I agree. jab. I agree. And, yeah, I, know. I, I agree. And I would, I would think that the, the other ref, which was the other – guy that made mistakes all night uh should have come over and told randy mccall hey hey that was really a flat foul because he'd already stopped the play yeah and 
I just it's just amazing, you know. But but I go back, Mike, to Bobby Die. Bobby said in a press conference or in a, a luncheon meeting one day, you have to be far enough ahead that the, if you're having problems with refs and their calls, that they can't take the ball game away from you. And uh, that's where yes. we were. That was one of Bobby's legendary lines. He used to like to say that a lot, and uh, and uh, I'm always uh, appreciative of those. That's that that's how I like to approach these things. Not so much worry. I understand that the officiating was bad, uh, but uh, you know what? Control the things you can control. And uh, Boise State uh, got away from him a little bit yesterday. One more quick caller, Ralph, as in puke. You're up, Ralph. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Be nice. It's Valentine's Day. I, I appreciate that. I didn't expect no less, expect no less, less from Johnny. <laughs> All right, Ralph, bring it, man. Thoughts? Well, Mike, get your first of all, Prater, get your facts right. They do, they're not shooting forty percent from the free throw line. They shot seventy percent in the game. I was talking about uh, Milan Narmush, and I should have made that more clear. Yeah, well, he he. If you've gone back the last six games, he's hit like about seven out of nine. Not, Seven out of ten free throws. He's shooting free throws a lot better. But yes, yeah. it was tough on him. Yeah, go back and look. Go back and look. Um, but uh, anyway, Armos, Armos regarding the regarding the the play at the end of the deal, I mean, if if he calls, if he he blew the whistle because he thought uh, Kijab was out of bounds. He got knocked out of bounds. I mean, too many Christmas. He got shoulder. It wasn't a hip check. It was a shoulder. Right. Yep. I mean, the guy lowered his shoulder and knocked him out. I don't. I can't believe he didn't call a foul, um, but yep. you know that's that's the way it goes. And uh, I'm hoping that Acock will get back. The thing I was, my observation in the game was, when the shot clock got less than ten seconds, we did we our players didn't seem like they were really aware of the situation. We ran down and we we had what three shot clock value. Uh, Violations three or four during the game, which was not good. Uh, yeah. I think they need to work on that a lot. Ralph, Ralph, appreciate you. Good stuff, man. And uh, uh, I think I saw Maladin Armouche is shooting like forty-three percent from the foul line. Maybe he's been better the last couple of games, but you are what your percentage says you are. Yeah. Okay, from the first game to the last game, and he struggles to say the least. From the free throw line and ralph i know you know that too and he is getting a little bit better we got jp coming up with the news max rice talked yesterday uh with either beeler or bj following this game and uh he'll, he'll share his thoughts on the loss last night you'll hear from max rice and rock jocks pop culture right around the corner we're live from pastry perfection happy valentine's day get down here prayer in the ball game ktk the ticket this is Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ballgame on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Coming up, Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. Today, we are going to put up for grabs a $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza. Johnny's got some good ones for you, so that's coming up. But Prater, I'll tell you what, I have done your research on your big sky oh. in the Super Bowl. I've I've checked every single fifty-six Super Bowls. JP. You are correct. Cooper nice. Cup is the only big sky player to 
score a touchdown in a Super Bowl. We've got Jan Stenerud, who kicked some field goals in a Super Bowl. And as close as I could come, Prater, this, you, you might appreciate this. Clint Didier played for Portland State yep, and Washington, but Portland State was not a member of the Big Sky Conference until uh, eight years later. That's the only one that even you know became a member of the Big Sky Conference. Good job. How, did I, how did I miss Clint Didier? I know him. You remember? He's the guy I always talk about. I've had him on shows. But he wasn't in the Big Sky. He yeah. scored on a pass from Doug Williams in Super Bowl twenty two. But yes. Portland State is now a Big Sky team. So yeah, we're but saying that doesn't at the count. time of the touchdown. Yes. Okay. He never, he, never, he never played in the Big Sky. No, he played. That no? from Portland State was like a D2 team. Yeah. No. There you go. Neil Lomax and those guys. Mouse Davis. Old Portland State days. Well done, JP. There you go. We got the answer to Prater's question. Boise State basketball, they dropped a uh, overtime loss to uh, Colorado State yesterday, 77-74. Although big games for Marcus Shaver and Max Rice, who both had 17 points. Tyson Degenhart added 16. And Max Rice talked in the Learfield postgame show with Bob Beeler about playing in these close games. I think it'll come in handy down the road. I think it's uh, going to be super important for us down the stretch because we'll be able to fall back on kind of what's been happening uh, throughout this season. We're, we know what to do in those moments. We know how to win games. Tonight it didn't go our way, but that's a veteran team we played too. They're, they're solid. They were solid down the stretch as well. So, I mean, I think it's just going to build strength and um, team chemistry down the stretch, and so it's going to be huge for us. And, of course, they have a game uh, Wednesday night on the road at Air Force is next up for Boise State. I'm starting to appreciate and like Max. I like Max Rice when he can make some decent baskets. I don't need Max Rice to be a 50% shooter. I need Max Rice, heck, with his inconsistencies and struggles, if he could bang out 30% of his field goals, uh, I, I'm into that. Because I think he, the intangibles, he's my kind of player. He, he's scrappy. He's smart. So much energy. I, I don't know anybody that works harder during a 40-minute basketball game in terms of just flying around. I know he's got some detriments, and, and the shooting thing bugs me, but Max Rice is a basketball player is, is starting to grow on me. I, I think I'd rather him coming off the bench and giving me that energy. Absolutely. And, and depth-wise, they can't quite have that luxury, so he's being forced into a position that he probably shouldn't be in terms of a starter, but uh, I, I think he's coming through. You know, you got this from Max Rice. like the Having been able to start in ACOT's absence, I think did a lot of good things for Max Rice's confidence. So when he goes back to being that player off the bench, I think he'll bring more confidence to the table. It's not easy being the coach's kid, you know. It's just it's a tough deal, and I think Max has found that rhythm. 17 points yesterday is a big number for Max Rice, and Bob Beeler is going to focus on Max Rice tomorrow during Bronco Focus. No pun intended there, Prater. Nice. And uh, speaking of tomorrow, we're going to be joined by CBSSports.com bracketologist Jerry Palm. He actually has his new tournament projections out today. And even with the loss yesterday, Jerry Palm has Boise State a nine seed uh, facing USC in uh, Portland in the first round of the tournament. He's got the Mountain West as a four-bid league. And uh, Wyoming actually is the only team that uh, came in ranked this week in the coaches and the AP poll. They're number 22 in both. Colorado State was third, though, among teams receiving votes in both polls. Uh, Boise State, they they were uh, close to getting there, but uh, dropped down a little bit. But they did pick up uh, some points in both polls. Gonzaga, by the way, your top school in both polls after Auburn's loss last week. Yeah, JP. Um, and, and just if that does happen, and it won't because it's Valentine's Day and Selection Sunday's in like five weeks, 
but from Moda Center, which is where the Blazers play, in Portland for that site, and they do a terrific job hosting the tournament. Portland does big basketball town, Prater. But if it's USC in Boise State in an 8-9 game with the winner uh, most likely playing Gonzaga, they want to send Gonzaga to Portland. That's where the Zags want to go. You might get that matchup. I don't know what's a sexier situation in Boise than getting to play a team like USC from the Pac-12 in Portland with that nugget, that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow being a possible matchup against Gonzaga in round two. Prater, my blood's boiling again, and I didn't even have another cupcake. I would like to see that happen, ballgame. I'm putting you in charge. Make that happen. (laughs) By the way, the other other Western site for first and second round games is Vieja in San Diego. Yep. So Moda and Viejas, San Diego, Portland. That's uh, that's where uh, that's where the destination for the yep. West is. And the Zags are gonna want Portland, and the committee usually does a pretty good job of the top teams. That one line, they send them to the best geographic fit. They really do. Um, how about a little rock, jock, and pop culture? Brought to you by Advanced Heating and Cooling. I need you guys to call 208-424-9300. Call that number right now and compete today. Special Valentine's Day edition trivia. I need two correct and 50 bucks to Blaze Pizza is yours. Call right now. Let's get a contestant, JP, because when we come back right here to Pastry Perfection, we're playing Rock Jocks and Pop. Going to be a fun one today. Prater in the ballgame. Idaho Sports Talk presents Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. Testing your knowledge of all things music, sports, and many other random things from the course of human history. Now, here's Johnny on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. All right, let's get out of the stressful Super Bowl hangover. Let's remove ourselves from the Boise State basketball officiating. Let's have some fun. Let's celebrate advanced heating and cooling and rock jocks in pop culture. Welcome back, Prater in the ballgame. Our guest today is Aaron, and he's in Meridian and he really wants 50 bucks at Blaze Pizza Prater. Aaron, <laughs> welcome to the show. Aaron, what line of work are you in, dude? What do you do for a living? What line of work? I'm a teacher. Oh, sweet. We got we got a bunch of teachers who listen to this show, and that's going to speak volumes for the future of the educational system in this state. I can tell you that, Prater. Nice. All right, Aaron. Um, let's Thanks. get some pizza. I mean, you deserve it. You know, molding all the minds you mold and... Uh, Let's see what you can do, okay, Aaron? You betcha, you bet. Two lifelines, Prater and JP, you know the drill. Here is The Rock, Aaron. In the song Stairway to Heaven, Aaron, how is the lady getting her stairway to heaven? How is she getting there? What does she have to do to get her stairway to heaven? Uh, let's see. I think she's buying it, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with JP, see if he can. Well, Aaron, yeah, I'm okay. go with JP. Uh, you just, see if he can confirm that. Yeah. You just, uh, wasted a lifeline. I'm sorry <laughs> to say, because the woman is buying a stairway to heaven. She is buying it. Okay, Aaron, you you trust JP there and yourself? Obviously, you didn't trust yourself, but at least you trust JP, right, bud? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. She's buying her way to heaven. It is my understanding that we're supposed to play ball. Yes. 
I love it. Okay. One for one. Happy Valentine's Day, Aaron. Off to a good start. Yeah. Let's go let's go to the jocks here. I need you to yeah. name this former major league baseball manager. Okay, Aaron, and I'm gonna give you some tips about his career and I'm gonna need you to tell me what manager this is I'm talking about. He managed okay. three big league clubs the Rangers, the Mets. And for one short, very tumultuous season, he managed the Red Sox. So the Rangers, the Mets, and the Red Sox. And most notably, he took the Mets to the 2000 World Series. That was the Subway Series. Mets, Yankees, uh, Clemens throwing the bat at Piazza. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who was that manager? That is Bobby Valentine, for sure. JP? It is my understanding that we're supposed to play ball. Well done. I didn't even have to get to the fake mustache he once wore when he got tossed. <laughs> That's Bobby right. V, I think you guys can get where we're going with this theme today on Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. So good stuff. Aaron, you're two for two. So you still have a Prater lifeline and the yeah. 50 bucks to Blaze Pizza is already yours. Now let's just see if JP is going to put you, Aaron the Teacher, from Meridian on our wall of fame. Here we go, bud. All right. All right. What United State produces the most roses? And this is over 60% of the roses produced in America are from this state. What state am I talking about, Aaron? It's uh, my I'm, my first thought is Oregon for Portland. Okay. But uh, let me let me see. Prater knows all about roses. Yes, he does. Let he's me, had to buy me... a lot because he's been divorced two <laughs> times, man. I'm, I'm curious what what Prater thinks. It's it's either going to be Oregon, California. Uh, or someplace down south. Okay. I can't see how it's not California. I know Oregon and Portland is the Rose. The Rose City. But that's, that's, that can't be because of the flower production. Uh, I have no idea what the background is there, and I may be just as ignorant as possible yeah. right now. I have no idea what the Rose City means or where it comes from. It's got to be California, doesn't it, dude? I, although although the, the way Johnny asked this question, I've been listening to him ask questions enough where this is a trick question. Hey, whoa, hey, ho! This whoa. is a trick question. Maybe maybe the Rose Bowl might have something to do with it. I'm going to go with California. It's got to be California. Final answer? Final answer, Cali. It is my understanding that we're supposed to play ball. Nailed it. Nice. Three for three. We have a wall of famer today, Aaron the teacher in Boise, California, produces about 60% of the roses in this country. Nice. I think only only Colombia, the South American <laughs> country, produces more roses. And I read on Valentine's Day, most of the roses we buy are from Colombia. They're shipped over anyway. They're, now you know. Nice. Well done, Aaron. Yeah. Aaron, what grade do you teach? I teach high school, freshman through senior. Heck yeah, man. All right. And you know, yeah. he knows what to do after school. He goes to his car and he click, puts Prater in the ballgame on the radio, huh, Aaron? That is absolutely correct. 
All right. Enjoy Blaze Pizza. Enjoy the Wall of Fame. You now live um, forever in the ropepay.com studio there. Aaron does. Congratulations, pal. Well done. All right. Uh, that's brought to you by Advanced Heating and Cooling, which, by the way, they're hiring right now. If you're interested in applying, it's real simple. Just go to advancedheatingandcooling.com. If you don't know anything about the HVAC biz, that's fine. They'll train you. They want you to do things the advanced way anyways. So, look, there's better jobs out there. You might have a job that you hate. If you're waking up every day and the first thing you say is, dude, I don't want to go to work today, you won't say that in advanced heating and cooling. So go there and apply. Prater. We got what's next? I mean, every every year we have a Super Bowl, and as soon as it's over, both teams automatically expect to come back and play in the Super Bowl. Both teams usually do. Who's got the best chance? We're going to talk about that, aren't we, pal? I can make a promise right now, and it's going to come true, ball game. And by the way, I've been on a red-hot roll here lately. I want, you, I want some bragging rights here in the next 5 o'clock hour for some of the decisions that I've made over the last couple of days. Prediction, Cincinnati Bengals will not even come close to sniffing the Super Bowl next year. Okay. The AFC is too good, too tough, too deep, and the NFL is not wired that way. The L.A. Rams, maybe. I can't wait to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. I suspect we're going to see two completely different teams in the Super Bowl next year. And I'm next hour, I'm, I'm going to ask Prater out on a date. I am. I may say yes. I'm, I hope you do say yes. I'm, I've say never yes. been good at asking people out. That's all, not true. Hey, well, I'm That's very, not true. I get nervous, Prater. You, you got game. You got game. Nervous, ball game. But hey, right? You got game, ball game. <sighs> I've seen the way you've treated the ladies before. You know, there was a girl that I used to kind of date, and she used to call me Johnny No Game. Instead of Johnny Ball Game, that was mean. I'd like an, I'd like a word with that lady. <laughs> Can you give me her phone number? <laughs> oh God, I love it. <laughs> Valentine's Day, five o'clock. You might be getting off work soon. Come to Pastry Perfection. One, you can watch our diamond dig. All three contestants are here. Two can hang out and bring home some wonderful Valentine's Day treats. There's not a better place than Pastry Perfection. We're pa- we're freighter on the ball game. KTIK, the ticket. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, the ticket. Sports history happens here. Super Bowl 56. Fourth and one. Shotgun snap low. Picks it up. Left tackle block. Here comes Donald. And he spins through a route. He then tried to throw it away. The Rams celebrating on the near side. On downs. It goes to L.A. Only one timeout for the Bagels, and that may do it. Sports history happens here on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. What's going on? And welcome to what we hope is your favorite sports talk radio program, Idaho Sports Talk. We are Prater in the ball game right here on KTIK. The Ticket. Appreciate you hanging out with us. On Valentine's Day, Mike Prater, it's that special day. It came the day after the Super Bowl, so we're here to help everybody bail you out on National Hangover Day. We're at Pastry Perfection right now, looking at the greatest lineup of pastry perfection I've ever seen in my life. And for those Valentine's Day folks, they're driving in their rig right now, beeline it to Pastry Perfection, right? 
and hook up your Valentine with somebody. I'm seeing Jeremiah Dickey, the athletic director of Boise State, is walking in right now. He listens every day. What's up, Prater? He's coming to buy me a Valentine's Day gift, and I bet you he doesn't buy you one. Bet you he doesn't. Bet you it doesn't happen, ball game. No, he's here right now. Jeremiah Dickey, of course, he knows where to go on Valentine's Day. He's making sure he's, he's this, covered. This, this, this only concerns me, though, because the only reason he's in here is because he forgot. Which means oh, no. Which means he's either working too hard or, you know, come on, man. Come on, man. Did you forget? Jeremiah Dickey, she's, welcome to the show. What's up, man? She's probably listening. Okay. So, thank uh, you. No, no! <laughs> I we thought just, I was well, off work. I, didn't, I was just expecting to get, get a dessert. Uh, well, we appreciate you stopping by, man. That's a lot of fun, man. We know you love the show, and we love that you love the show. And Heck, yeah. You came by to talk about yesterday's officiating in the basketball game, right? <laughs> wow. This is, this, is, this is why we have some prep time before usually I'm on. All joking aside. I'm not saying anything. Yep. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really proud of our guys. They battled. Yes, they did. Looking yes, they forward battled. for Air Force, man. Big game Absolutely. Every game, 1-0. Next up, Air Force, and then big one at home. So, so we, we know you like cigars, but you also got a little bit of a sweet tooth, or you're taking care of some business. This is for the wife and, and, uh, and Emerson, my daughter. Love so. it. Well, happy Valentine's Day. We appreciate you swinging by. We don't want to take any more of your time. Hey, we no problem. Thanks you. for having hey. me, guys. Absolutely. Concessions are back. That's right. Yes. That's good, right? That's Concessions right. are back. progress. That's progress. All right. We're going to make arrangements to get you back on the show here pretty quick. All right. Sounds good. Hashtag what's next. Jeremiah Dickey right there. Appreciate you, man. Um, Yeah, we're here. Valentine's Day, pastry perfection. That was cool. He's running in here getting his stuff, too. So uh, fun stuff, Prater. I I have some. You asked him about the reps, It was a joke. Dude. I can't. You you went to Prater. No wonder he's not texting you on Christmas saying happy holidays, but he's sending me those texts, man. (laughs) Yeah. You asked him about the reps. Well, you know. Oh, I love you, Forrest. Great stuff, man. Um. You've been broken. You have, Prater. You quit gambling. You've been losing so much this playoff round. You said you weren't going to bet the Super Bowl. But I'll tell you what, you might have forgot about it, but sometimes that's the gift that you love the most, the one you forget about. And apparently you had a pretty good little week with the Super Bowl. First good little game. First 12 games of the uh, NFL playoffs, I got two right. Official, I bet on every single one of them. Through my bookie in Vegas, I bet on all 12 of the first 12 NFL playoff games, I got two right. That's two out of ten. Ball game, I almost lost my house this NFL playoff season. Okay. okay. I, didn't, I don't bet that much I'm to, sorry, to lose man. my house, yeah. but it was bad. And I told you last week that I was broken, and I, you know, and I was done gambling. I wasn't going to bet on the Super Bowl. My bookie sends me a text, and he goes, by the way, you got some leftover cash in your account. How much? I thought it was empty. It wasn't very much. I'm not going to go into the amount, but okay. it wasn't very much. I thought it was down to, like, zero um and and i said okay sure whatever i bet on the bengals plus points and i also bet on the rams money line i'm two for all yesterday i was two for two yesterday Paul okay games. so you did hit i was that. two for two both. and i and i cashed out and now all of a sudden i got myself a little march madness kitty and i can go in there and lose 12 games in march madness because i absolutely have no idea what i'm doing when it comes to march madness but yeah i was pretty happy about myself so you've been calling me a broken man for a couple of weeks i didn't dispute that i can't dispute that i am a broken man but yesterday bengals plus the points rams money line they both pulled off ball game plus JP's got some evidence Yeah, I want you to share with our listeners right now. Yeah, back in September, we did a draft 
excluding the Bucks and the Chiefs, because they were in the Super Bowl last year. And high, high odds to go back again. And we drafted teams that we thought might have a chance to win the Super Bowl this year. Prater had the first pick in the draft, and JP, roll the clip. Here's who he took. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. I like these guys. I love their coach. I like the fact that they have this brand-new quarterback. They had the number one defense in all of the National Football League last year. I don't know if they can pull that off two years in a row, but they got Aaron Donald. They got everything they have. I love the pieces, and I think Matthew Stafford is going to be the missing piece of this glue. The L.A. Rams go into the Super Bowl. Make it happen, ballgame. Oh, and you did. L.A. Rams, baby. That was September 9th. That was the f- Thursday of the season opening game that third, what was it the Patriots I mean uh, the Buccaneers in Dallas the I Cowboys. believe Cowboys yep that that show 515 on that day and there's more ball game Prater picked that and then you picked during our another draft segment where we were drafting Super Bowl MVPs JP Prater picked this next pick I have a little bit of a secret strategy. I won't disclose it yet, but uh, I'm going to go with, and it's not a strategy to go with Cooper Cup. I mean, this guy's obvious. I'm kind of focusing more on the position here based on Super Bowl MVP history. Cooper Cup, if, if uh, my man Stafford wins this football game and he's not the MVP, it's probably going to go to Cooper Cup with a lot of those yak yards that we like to see him do, get those 10-yard passes, turn them into 50-yard touchdowns. Give me the Eastern Washington Red Flash Cooper Cup. Okay. Wow. JP, do you have an applause button to press or, you know, gosh, if we had one, well done. So, Balkan, let let me recap. Predicting the Rams to win the Super Bowl last September. Ten days ago, predicting Cooper Cup to be the MVP. Yep. And on Saturday, placing a bet, a money line bet on the Rams and Bengals in the points. That's four for four, my friend. Yeah. That's a broken man who got better in a hurry. And all of a sudden, gambling is the greatest thing in the world again. We have our diamond dig coming up. Our three contestants are here, Prater. A 14-carat yellow gold engagement ring. Uh, brilliant round-minded diamond. It's full on clarity. All this mumbo-jumbo stuff that I know nothing about. You're the one that's been married however many times. You've bought a lot of these things. But you can read this and you understand uh, how brilliant this diamond is that we're giving away it's gonna oh, be awesome 14 carats that's all oh that's a big number yeah there's a money number there too yeah yeah it's valued at uh let's just say thousands of dollars it's a four-digit number and somebody here is gonna win it and we're gonna do that when we come up back here in a second but i do want to talk to you about i mean i owe you a steak dinner your hit on the rams was an absolute steak dinner bet but here's what i want to do on this like a mandate, and I, I have no problem. I'm comfortable with this. I can ask a man on a date. I know I'm not going to kiss you when I drop you off or whatever. Maybe I will. Who knows? But I want to take you out. I want to take you to someplace really nice, Prater, <laughs> and I want to buy you a steak dinner. I want to sit there. I want to watch you eat this steak dinner. I want to I want to see your face as the juices are flowing like angels dancing on your tongue and in your mouth, Prater. I'm just going to smile and say, yes, 
I know I lost this bet, but Prater, will you go out with me? Will you let me take you and buy buy you a steak dinner, pal? Ball game. When you put it like that, I have no. Uh, yes. Okay. You, thank you. You gave me goosebumps on Valentine's uh, Day. I have you. to say yes. Thank you. I don't care if you're a man, a dog, a child, a cat. You give somebody else yeah. goosebumps on Valentine's Day. Yes, you got to say yes. So. By the way, uh, I'll never forget the first time when I was in Little League, my parents took me out. They, they promised me the first time I hit a Little League home run, they would take me out to a steak dinner. Yeah? They took me to Sizzler. You're not going to take me to it. Regardless of all of our fine friends at Sizzler, you're not going to take me to Sizzler, are you? I won't take you to Sizzler. Um, Jeremiah Dickey bought us treats. What an awesome day, D! <laughs> Jeremiah Dickey at Pastry Perfection. He's going home to celebrate Valentine's Day with the women of his life. And what? He probably gave me a JP. poison strawberry. Yeah, JP. Yeah, I th- did he spit on Prater's cupcake? Oh, no. no he wouldn't do good. that. I'm kidding. I'm good. totally kidding. Yeah, they, they look. look good. Jeremiah Dickey hooked us up with some cookies, man. Pretty nice, JP. He knows where to go, he knows who he's listening to, JP. Ball game, I'm accepting your date. Let's do it. I'll make huh? it happen. I want to go on a date with you, my friend. Okay. And, and you know what? Depending on how many drinks we have, I may even let you kiss me. Thank you, Prater. It'll just be on the cheek because I know your girlfriend's listening, and I don't want to get in the way of this. You've, you know, you've had a lot of stuff over the years. I don't want to contribute to yeah, that. Yeah, let's not do that. I love you, man. Great you, stuff. Um, okay. Are you guys ready to see one of our lucky listeners get this diamond? We're going to do it. We come back. Huge thanks to everybody at Pastry Perfection for for supporting us, local radio yahoos here, and all you listeners who are having fun with us. We appreciate you guys just as much. We are diamond digging next on Prater and the Ball Game, KTIK the Ticket. We've got your work days covered. Jim Rome at 10, Rich Eisen at 1, and Prater and the Ball Game at 3. Eight hours of the best sports talk on Sports Radio The Ticket. Welcome back, Idaho Sports Talk. Uh, Jeremiah, if you're listening, that cookie was the bomb, dude. One of the best sugar cookies I've ever had in my life. You got some in your mouth, too. Jeremiah Dickey swung by and hooked us up with a couple of cookies. Dude, he, he's got good taste in cookies. Leave me alone. I'm, I'm eating. Okay. Yes, sir. Sorry, Prater. Um, yeah, welcome back. We're live from Pastry Perfection. It's the annual Diamond Dig. This is what we've done for, like, what, 12, 15 years? 12th annual. Yes, 12th sir. 12th annual. We're all here at Pastry Perfection, by just, the way. Just let one of our listeners, we, 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 you know, we, we qualify them. We get down to the final three. And um, they, the Diamond Girls, they put a cake, I'm sorry, a ring in a cake. And the three people right here, our contestants, Brett, April, and Dan, they can do whatever they want to see if their cake they have in front of them, they all three have a cake here, has a, has a ring in it. I love these stories, uh, and in the past we've got to hit, meet a lot of these guys and gals and, and, and hear their stories. Not so much this year. We did it a little bit differently this year, but okay. uh, everybody's had beautiful stories in terms of what they do with this. I've met a couple of couples after the fact, and it was five years later, and they had the ring on the finger, and they were still going. So, so many different people can do so many different things with this ring that, frankly, is, uh, it's, it's a thing of beauty. It's, it's, it's fairly expensive. It's, it's not a cheap deal. We're not throwing around a, a ring that you got out of the gumball machine, man. This is the real deal with four digits and, and uh, some beautiful clarity to it. So, uh, and I can say that, by the way. My brother is in the diamond business. He's in the diamond industry, the ring business, the jewelry business. So I got a little family background, and um, this sucker's the, the real deal. And uh, these guys getting after it. It's a competition. 
They're look at them. They're, yeah. they're gamesmanship. They're nervous. They're, they're they're talking trash. They're they're trying to figure out stuff. They're working on their strategy ball game. This is a beautiful thing, my friend. Okay, would you advise any strategy? You've seen this because they do. They get to keep the cake. Now they can you know mangle the hell out of the cake looking for that diamond. And if that is the case, then they're not going to want to take the cake home. You could lightly, I don't know, put your fingers in spots and try to find it. Yep. That way you can at least take the cake home. Or you can not even touch your cake, hope that the other two contestants mangle theirs, and if one of them finds the cake, bummer, you lost, but at least you walk out of here with a fresh pastry perfection cake, and nobody does cakes better than pastry perfection. What would you do, Forrest? Um, I, I think I would wait. I, I'm a cake guy. I, I like anything <laughs> yeah. from... from, from <laughs> Stop laughing at Rhetorical me, Paul. Rhetorical question. Of uh, course you take the cake I'm home. I'm taking the cake home. So I, I promise you the one thing that won't happen. I'll, I'll even give you a little bit of story. Diamond Dig 1. Diamond Dig 1. We had a giant sheet cake that everybody gathered around the table, and we're digging through the same sheet cake. Wow. We never found the ring. We never found it. Because it was so big, and the and the ring, and, and we're not putting the massive diamond ring inside these cakes. It's a fake diamond ring that you're going to give to Tori, our promotions director, to turn in for the diamond. That first one, we never found the ring. It took us a half an hour, and it turned into mush and goo and water, and it was disgusting, and it was gross, and it was all over a pool table. So it was really, really disgusting. That's not going to happen today. One of these guys is going to walk out with this thing of beauty, the diamond girls. Yeah, we put like a plastic ring, the kind that Prater gave gives to all of his ex-wives ex-fiancés and whatnot so you're going to take this beautifully packaged set home from the diamond girls and i will say this brett talk about being lucky the dude on the end in the blue zip up he was here last year he qualified for this event last year and he did not win and this is a random contest the son of a gun qualified again so he's been here two years in a row. Uh, so I, I'm just, handicapping this one since I'm on such a gambling. Yeah, who's going to win it? Who's I, got the? I, I'm cake? on a gambling Pick roll it. right now, Brett. I'm going to I'm going to eliminate you just because you were here last year. So sorry, bud. Okay. Um, Dan has a Boise State shirt on. I, I like the the mojo and the vibe and the karma he's got brewing there. And, and then April, the only lady that's here. It, it almost seems appropriate that you should win it, April. I'm kind of, I think April's going to pull it off because one, I like her shoes. Two, she's the only woman here, and she's going to kick both of these guys' ass. Ah, uh, I, you know what? I, I have a feeling it's going to be Brett or Dan. I, I think, I think, I think one of the dudes is going to win. I don't know who, though, but holy smokes. I think it's about time, though, isn't it? Yep. Isn't it? All let's, right. Let's get ball, ball game to get this party started. When I say start digging, you guys can start digging, all right, guys? It's going to be a three-count start digging. Twelfth annual Diamond Dig Pastry Perfection. Predator in the ball game. One, two, three. Start digging! <laughs> okay. Well, we got two diving in deep, and, and April's waiting. The, April's waiting. The dudes have, do have dove in deep. I don't think there's a ring there. April, not only. April... Sweetheart, I think you're going to have to dig through that cake. I think you're sitting on the lucky winner. April, are you going to... She has not... To, oh, she's diving in now. Touching she has it. to dive in now, right? And look at those mangled cakes. That looks like mashed potatoes now, Prater. Look at that. 
Yeah, that's not good. That is a mangled couple of cakes there that is not from good. Dan and Brett. April, does she have it? If there's not a ring in any three of these, what the hell? That's going to look really bad for us, Prater. <laughs> does she not have it either? Is there? Is this a... <laughs> there's three people all digging through their cakes right now, and nobody can find a ring. Like, it's not anywhere jp i'm being serious here dude jp I, we can't find a ring well i i can't help you out with that johnny um <laughs> somebody go find one of the <laughs> i'm having 12 year old this is crazy 12 year old where flashbacks. the heck is this ring did they not make, did they forget to put the ring in the cake it is the, the manager of Pastry Perfection is swearing. She put that ring on one of those cakes, guys. It's there. Ha, ha, ha. Who's got it? <laughs> I almost want to get in there and help. Prater, <laughs> Prater keep your grubby dirt. Oh, there it is, Dan. The Ooh. guy in the middle with the Boise State polo has the ring. He is... The 2022 Diamond Dig Champion here on Prater in the Ball Game. I think, Dan, did you bring your wife with you here? Are you getting this ring, Mrs. Dan? Is this going to be you? Oh, sweet. Dan, you're giving it to her? All right. And we'll Brett, get on. Brett, you're 0 for 2. What the heck, man? And April, well done. Congratulations. Get him a microphone. Dan is our winner. Dan, you finally found it. Why was it so hard to find that ring in that cake, dude? It's, it's actually quite small. The that was the, that was, was the fake one. This one is the size of a Buick. Nice. <laughs> so, in, in all honesty, this is my second time doing this. You've qualified before, too. Probably two or three years ago. Did you and, win? No. Okay. Now, Dan's the one that I said, by karma... He should be the winner because he's wearing the Boise State gear. He's the Boise State fan, I'm assuming, or you wouldn't be walking around I with am. a Boise State shirt. I am a grad the whole bit. Yep. Pretty cool to see Jeremiah Dickey popping in here, huh? Yeah, I saw him last night. I actually work at the, at the pavilion. So I saw him last night with his kids there. They were, yeah, he's a good dude. Anybody, by the way, ballgame that says the word pavilion? You like? Is a real fan. I know, that's a Prater. That's my kind of deal, man. Yeah. That's my kind of deal. Prater still sells the pavilion once a week on this show. I, yeah, I love it. No, he, he really does. doesn't, but I love it too. Yeah. Dan, congratulations, man. So Thanks, do, do we find out what you're doing with this ring? I think uh, it, it is going to my wife, who's standing right over there. So What's yeah. her name? Her name is Charlene. How long have you been married? We're coming up on 37 years. Oh, what a sweet gift, Charlotte. And there is a little ring on, there is a ring on the finger now. So what's the plan? What's the working so, plan? So when I qualified a couple of years ago, there wasn't a ring on her finger. She'd lost it. Oh, and I, you're one of those guys. I've heard those stories over the years. And we saved up over the last couple of years and bought it just for our anniversary this last year. Okay. So now nice. she's got... Very nice. You know, it, that's like Prater. It's like a, it's like cars for men. You can't have too many. No, you know? well, exactly. Right? exactly. She's going to love this diamond ring from the Diamond Girls. And, Dan, appreciate you tuning in and supporting what we're doing here at KTIK, man. Well done. Thanks, guys. Great stuff. That's Dan, the Diamond Dig champion for 2022. All right, Prater. Uh, let's uh, hop on some soapboxes.
get some news update going and uh, let's get out of here. Get out of here on a on a on a Valentine's Day Monday. Still got a half hour left. By the way, don't miss. I'm going to tell you who the future commissioner of the NFL is after this break, and you are going to love it. Prater in the ballgame, Idaho Sports Talk. You're listening to Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the ballgame on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. If you've got three minutes, we've got some self-important things to say. It's the 90-second soapbox with Mike Prater and Johnny Mallory on Sports Radio The Ticket. I'm watching Super Bowl 56 yesterday, and for the second consecutive Super Bowl, they go to Roger Goodell sitting in his luxurious suite of luxury, and who's he sitting next to? He's sitting next to Russell Wilson. Two consecutive Super Bowls, Russell Wilson sitting with the commissioner. Roger Goodell can sit next to pretty much anybody he wants to on the planet during the Super Bowl. He wants to hang out with Russ. Probably learns a lot about football. I was thinking about this yesterday when I saw it. You know, what's Russell going to do? He's always said he wants to own a team, and maybe he'll do that. Maybe Russell Wilson one day wants to be the commissioner of the league. I mean, it will come with what? Then, about a $75 million annual salary. Roger Goodell already makes over $50 million per year. You don't think that's that's not enough money for Russell Wilson and Ciara? I mean, they obviously have a lot of other stuff, and I should say Ciara, not Ciara. Russell Wilson's going to be a future NFL commissioner. Uh, He could represent a lot of people, right? The suits would love Russell because he's so well-spoken and smart. The players would support Russell Wilson because he has a playing background as a Super Bowl champion. They would be more likely as a commissioner. He's um, a candidate of minority as well. There's a lot of boxes that check there. I'm kind of kidding, but I still thought about it. Like, what's next for us? Eh. Maybe he wants to be an NFL commissioner one day. Get off it! Oh, what a beautiful sports weekend this was. It wasn't always pretty. It wasn't always uh, the the greatest thing in the world. But so much drama this sports weekend. The Super Bowl, Boise State basketball. And let me take you to Saturday, the Phoenix Open in Arizona. Are you kidding me? It may have been one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen in the history of sports. It certainly was the coolest thing that happened sports-wise over the weekend. And if you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, I'm talking about Sam Ryder, an athlete you've never heard of, and a golfer you've never heard of, who got a hole-in-one at the stadium hole at the Phoenix Open, and then all hell broke loose. Go check out the video. Ball game saw it the morning, and his jaw was open for 60 seconds, and he doesn't even appreciate golf. <laughs> what happened after he got that hole-in-one was a celebration for the ages, a drunken man-fest celebration, and I saw all kinds of reaction on social media. There was the golf purist out there that said, that's not how you treat golf. That's not how you act at a golf tournament. And, and you people just, I, I have nothing in common with you people. There's other people out there complaining that, why would you drop 18 bucks for a beer and then throw it in the sky and then throw your empty bottle out on the course as thousands and thousands of these golf fans did? I'm telling you this. My life is all about one thing and one thing only, making memories. That's what we're all here on this planet to do, to make memories. And Saturday afternoon, and I know there was another hole-in-one on Sunday. I didn't see it. I was busy watching a football game. But the Saturday hole-in-one was one of the most memorable things I've ever seen. And if you're in that crowd 
It's a beautiful, beautiful thing, and you'll never forget that. And if you have your $18 beer, and you and your drunken buddies all of a sudden see a hole-in-one, and you're splashing that $18 beer all over the place, and then throwing it in the air, and creating this rainstorm of beer. It was a beautiful thing, ball game. 18 bucks to make a memory? Are you kidding me? Some of us spent thousands of dollars to make memories to go on vacation. These knuckleheads spent 18 bucks on a beer, wasted it, and made a memory of a lifetime. Phoenix Open, that hole, that course, that tournament, and that hole-in-one video is the best thing I saw all weekend. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. And that's coming from a guy who won some money at uh, Johnny's Super Bowl party with, uh, didn't you, Prater? Didn't you cash in a That's couple another times? thing. That's another thing. I won cash at your party yesterday, Paul Game. You did. And it wasn't really a party, guys. There what do you was... mean it wasn't a party? It was a well, party. Was less than 10 people there. Like, don't but think, you know like, what? I, well, I got a lot of friends listening. They're thinking, well, Ball Game had a Super Bowl. Now, I did invite a few more people that we work <laughs> with who didn't show up, which is fine. But it wasn't really a big party anyway. Ball game. Yeah. Ball game. Some of my favorite parties have involved two people. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> you and your <Ooh>. sandwich. <laughs> you can, you, so you consider a hoagie a person. Yeah, figures. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All I know is I had a chance to meet Patsy Mallory yesterday, and it was fantastic. Yeah, JP and my mom yeah. had, a, had a good time getting yeah. to know each other. It was cool. JP, you are a golf Pretty much expert with the sport of golf. Well, Prater was talking about the Phoenix Open yes, there. Yes, And that was such a spectacle. Everything he said was spot on. Are you one of those grumpy old old farts of golf that say, you know what, that type of celebration, that's not how golf should be celebrated? No. Where were you with that? No, I was totally on board with that. I was totally on It happened years that, you know, I think there's only been, you know, a handful of, of uh, hole-in-ones on that hole during the weekend and you know it, it kind of goes crazy tiger woods had one years and years ago and it was okay before they had all the grandstands around it and and that place went totally ballistic i'm all for that i'm all for rowdiness at that and also at the uh, the rider cups um but then other than that I'm, I'm a little bit more of a purist but no absolutely give me that that's a bucket list johnny bucket okay. list. okay i've never just list. never seen the sport of golf celebrate like that from fans it reminded me almost that one Ryder cup justin leonard hit that shot and everybody just went crazy yes. on the green and well the the world team at Ryder cup was saying americans you guys disgrace the game of golf you don't celebrate on the green like that everybody's stomping around like that and, and yeah, americans losers. Nobody, yeah, yeah that's what the americans God said yeah but i've never seen the crowd that looked like a an English Premier League soccer <laughs> match, man. I saw a comparison to European soccer all over the yeah, place all yeah. weekend on that. That's what it was. It was like, yes, it was like Man U versus Man City. And Anyway, it was great stuff. Great beautiful, stuff. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful, 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 beautiful. Wow. Well, unless you've been living under a rock for the last 24 hours, Boise State basketball dropped a close one to Colorado State in overtime last night. 77-64. Marcus Shaver and Max Rice had 17 points in the win. Tyson Dagenhart added 16. A little bit shorthanded without Emmanuel Acott for, uh, what, the second straight game. And Coach Leon Rice talked about uh, how proud he was of his guys battling until the end last night. I'm so proud of our guys, how tough they are. I mean, we got a short bench tonight, and these guys just toughed it out, and they kept toughing it out, and and there's no quit in them and you know one ball bounces our way you know a little bit more or one call goes our way at the end and you know we're on the happy side of that 
Tomorrow we are going to uh, do a little bracketology during Idaho Sports Talk. 315 will be joined by Jerry Palm, known and noted uh, CBSSports.com bracketologist, 315 tomorrow. Love it, man. And uh, there is some controversy at the Olympics. Have you guys heard about this? The 15-year-old Russian figure skater, Kamilia Valieva, will be allowed to compete even though she tested positive for a banned heart medication. Her positive test came well before the Olympics. Actually, the test was done well before the Olympics. The results came much later. Uh, She's considered a protected person because she is 15 years old, and this court of arbitration ruled that she can compete. She is considered to be a favorite to win the gold medal, but if she finishes in the top three, they won't have a medal ceremony. This is a bizarre story. And why is it always with the uh, figure skating at the Olympics where we have Seriously, the most controversy? Judging, just like any other sport, like yeah. boxing, any, any sport that has nothing to do with figure skating and everything to do with judges. Uh, well, figure skating isn't a sport, that's why, what? in my opinion. It's an activity. It's a competition, okay? I mean, there's, it's, it's relied upon strictly on judges. I don't really understand the point system. You don't play defense. So is, is, is boxing not a sport because it has judges? Well, you can knock somebody out in boxing, and the judges don't come into the into factor, and you play defense in boxing. Anything where you have to defend, like you could, I could argue like curling. You play defense in curling. Sure you do. You line your pins up to block. Like if you don't play any form of defense – that's one of my criteria of what is or what isn't a sport. In figure skating, there's no defense. You can't even defend against the judges. You just do a routine, which is I could never, ever do, ever. And three judges score you based on their system. It's a competition, Prater. Like a game of chess. Chess isn't a sport, but it's a it's an activity. You play defense it's a competition. Chess. You play okay, defense good point. Chess. You totally play defense in chess. So I could that's more of a sport than figure skating. Anywho. Wow. Am I on my soapbox that's again? Another one. Jeez. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm sorry, guys. Carry on, JP. And uh well, Boise State announced today that they have lifted the suspension of concession sales at athletic events. So that means uh, concessions will be again be available at home athletic events starting this Friday. There's a gymnastics meet against Utah State at Extra Mile Arena on February 18th. That'll be the first event. Um, it's been they suspended it for about three weeks in uh, late January through uh, through today. And, uh, and and Jeremiah Dickey stopped by and actually confirmed that to you guys earlier today, and then gave you cookies. He did. Unbelievable. Very, nice, very yeah. nice of them. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. You, you Jeremiah Dickey bought us a cookie. You guys did. JP. He didn't save me a cookie. He bought us a cookie. He didn't buy you one, JP. <laughs> he bought us a cookie each. I know. I don't, nice I don't get texts from Jeremiah Dickey. I don't get cookies from Jeremiah Dickey. Um, I don't get I'll well see. wishes from Jeremiah Dickey. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit uh, I'm a little bit depressed now. But And uh, finally, the L.A. Rams. Will celebrate their Super Bowl victory with their championship parade. It's scheduled for Wednesday, although all the details haven't been worked out yet. But it's going to start at Expo Park and uh, end outside the L.A. Coliseum. Party, party time in L.A. again. Yes, it is. Parades Wednesday. Yes, because L.A. They hosted the Super Bowl. They probably needed that extra day. Typically, it's a Tuesday. But uh, you ever been to a championship parade, Prater? I, I never have, have. Nope, never have. Never have. Has anybody ever actually been to the legit championship parade? Actually, that, I went to a, the Fiesta Bowl parade here. 
Actually, that was a big deal. I bet it was. Okay. It was our championship. I was thinking more like world championship or national championship. If you have, tell me that story. Text 208-424-9300. I'd love to know what parade you went to. And tell you guys this. Get your office started every day with Pastry Perfection. I'll tell you this. They have this combo. It's a combo dozen where you get donuts, bangles, Bengals, they're losers of the Super Bowl. Bagels. Bagels. Prater, cinnamon rolls, muffins, cookies, fritters, you name it, they have it. Uh, so on your way, surprise the office. Be that person. Hey, I went to Pastry Perfection. Here we are. Just mouthwatering stuff. Pastry Perfection. Love those guys. Feedback finale. What did you think about the show today? The good, the bad, and the ugly. We want to stink in here. Text us. We'll get that when we come back on Prater and the Ball Game. Idaho Sports Talk, KTIK, the ticket. The good, the not so good. Long form, short form. Tell us who you are or be anonymous. We'll take it all. It's time for the feedback finale on Idaho Sports Talk on Sports Radio, the ticket. Let's start with an email from Bruce who wrote today and said, Bronco fans need to quit whining about not getting a foul call on Stevens bumping into Kijab. I DVR'd KTVB Sports last night, and it could have been a foul on Stevens, but back up to when Stevens loses the ball when reaching to knock out the ball, Shaver bangs into Stevens and digs his forearm into Stevens' side, and that was a foul that should have been called before Kijab even picked up the ball. If Shaver's banging Stevens was a no-call, then Stevens banging Kijab is a no-call as well. That was just a mess. That was just an unfortunate mess. And and, and missing a call is, is one thing, but that whole 10, 15 minutes was, I mean, that was, <laughs> what, was the, what was the old Keystone Cops? I mean, yes. just running around like you have no clue. That's what they kind of looked like. And then they were like that, not lying, but, oh, no, no, they called a timeout. Well, they don't have any timeouts. Okay, never mind. They didn't call a timeout then. Wow. Like, it just, it didn't, it was a, it was a poor look and, uh. Leon can't comment on this. Nobody can because you get in trouble. That's the thing I think they should examine. Why can't the Boise State or Colorado State coach at their press conferences say disparaging things about officiating if they think there's disparaging things to say, Prater? Why do you? Why are you just not allowed to do it? Because we would get a steady dose of that. And, and even as it exists right now, it's really annoying when, when, when coaches go there. I, I don't want emotional, whiny coaches turning press conferences into bashing other human beings. So the only thing I have a problem with is I want the officials to be held accountable, right, wrong, or indifferent, and I want them to be able to meet with the media afterwards. To this group's credit, one of the officials, the spokesman, the, uh, they had a referee yesterday, they had an official, yeah. did meet with the media yesterday and did give an explanation, at least from their perspective. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Okay. I, I need the officials to be held accountable in the eyes of the press who could ask one or two quick questions about what happened and to get that on the record. I don't see any reason why. If a football player makes a mistake, he's got to have a press conference. If a football coach has to make a mistake, he's got to have a football conference. Officials don't have to. In a gambling, transparent era, officials need to stand up and tell me after a game. At least that happened yesterday, and that was enough for me. And we did get an, uh, an email from Mike who uh, wanted the same thing. Is When are we going to hear from the refs? And, and uh-huh. we did. We did hear from the, at least one of the refs after the game. David says, hey, guys, I was at the game yesterday. Small crowd, but they were loud and proud. I am all in on this team. Glad I changed up my normal Super Bowl Sunday routine and went. The last seconds of regulation were weird, but was high-quality Mountain West basketball. Bummer to lose. 
but got to move on. Six games left. Let's yes. go. I kept thinking what a sad, well, not a sad, what a, what a lost opportunity, though. 5,000 people in the building yesterday. Uh, the best team in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, probably one of the best games of the year. Give me that game at 4 o'clock on a Saturday, and there's 12,000 people in that game. Yes, building. absolutely. And that, which is probably the difference in a win and loss. Maybe, maybe. JP in Eagle says, ball game, I hope that my wife wasn't listening to you and your definition of a sport and how figure skating doesn't qualify. She's a lifelong figure skater and a coach at Idaho Ice World. Curling over figure skating? Really? 100%. And and I, I'm getting a lot of backlash on this <laughs> for that statement, Prater. And I, look, I'm not disparaging figure skating in the slightest you could make a case that it's harder to be an olympic figure skater than an nfl quarterback okay that's fine and the training and the time and the studying is all equal but there's there there should be a difference between a competition in a sport or a recreational activity in a sport sport. can you have a recreational activity if the people involved are world-class elite level athletes athletes and, and they are. You can't dispute that. I didn't say a word when you were giving your thing about whether it's a sport or not, because that's your opinion, and, and I respect that, because that really is kind of opinion. You can't dispute the fact that they're world-class elite athletes. And you have to be an amazing athlete to be a figure skater. Yes. So you do. That makes it a sport to me. It's uh, yeah. definitely a sport. That makes it more than a competition. Yeah. Disagreeing, man. That's all right. I, I'm yeah. not going to dispute you on that, because it's your opinion, and yeah. I respect that. J.D. wrote in today and said, Johnny, thanks for the pizzas yesterday. I'm sorry I missed you. He was at the Boise State game. My big game party pack winner. And uh, J.D., hope you had fun at the game, obviously. Uh, Enjoy those pizzas. Yeah, it was fun. I I want to give a shout-out to my guy, Joe, who first time I've ever met a Wall of Famer. Yes. Oh, he was there? He was a Wall of Famer? The first. I believe he's a two-time Wall of Famer, Prater. Oh, man, you got a good one, Prater. Well done. And uh, shout-out to my winners, Ashley, out in Nampa, and Colin in Meridian. Nice to meet nice. you guys. Appreciate everybody that entered our big game party patrol. Nick says, it was a great Bronco focus today, and I can't agree more with Bob Beeler on ACOT playing. Would have uh, won these last three games. Wait till you hear Bronco focus tomorrow. The life and times and the curiosities of Max Rice. I may have oversold that. That's going to <laughs> And 315, a little bracketology, bracketology. Big Dave says he used to be a baker at Pastry Perfection back in the 80s. And he wanted us to try a couple things, but then apparently, Johnny, you asked for them, and they don't make those anymore? It's not on the menu. The Florentine cookie is no longer on the menu, and they said it has not been on the menu for, like, I don't know, a couple of decades. <laughs> so thanks, Big well, Dave. Well, that would but... be why Big Big Dave is a big guy. Maybe he, he said he worked here in the 80s. partook yeah. a little bit too much on the pastries. And Big Wade, not to. Big Wade says uh, halftime yesterday. The Chevy Impalas stole the show. I thought the I thought the set was pretty cool. I thought I the did, set was. Pretty I didn't cool. understand the house the house part. Portion. Go do the uh, go do the research okay. on the burger restaurant, the houses. The, okay. it, it's a scene that's very important to gotcha. uh, to that setting yesterday. All right, uh, we'll do that for the halftime show. Yeah, I wasn't aware. I just thought it looked cool, and the cars. The Chevy Impala's there and all that stuff? Those were statements. They weren't just props, dude. They were statements. Check it out. Awesome, man. All right. Thank you, Pastry Perfection. Thank you, Diamond Dig. Congratulations to Dan, our winner. KJ, uh, my man, 
Blair, Tori, Promotions, everybody. You guys made this happen, and all the crew at Pastry Perfection. See you tomorrow. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket.